Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flat Earth Podcast. I'm Curious Jay, alongside me, Dave, from deep inside the rabbit hole. Thanks for joining us once again for uh, an hour, maybe a good bit more than an hour this week of your Flat Earth audio. Dave, a lot going on. We got a big guest, or I should say a great discussion with a guest later on coming up in the show, but a lot happened this week, man. What's going on? A lot happened as far as which things. There's so many. Where do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, you're, how right, about, you're right. How about with your obsession on the eclipse shadow? Yeah, well, we, we could do that. We Why could do you that. Tell, tell people what you're doing. So, <laughs> yeah, so going back about three or f- I guess maybe four or five weeks now, when we were talking about the path of the solar eclipse going west to east, where I believe it was uh, Potter's Clay who actually first posted a video saying, hey, there's no models out there. What's going on? Uh, the, the Earth is spinning 27 times per month, but the moon's only going around once per month. What's the deal? Then we get that NASA explanation. Well, as everyone may already know or may not know, I've had a little feeling in my gut that something wasn't right about that and did a lot of research on the physics and the math behind revolving objects. And like you said on the show a few weeks back, it's not what you know. It's not what you can explain. It's what you can show. It's what you can model. So I said that. Yeah, you did. All right. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been on a quest for the last month to try and actually make a physical model of the earth moon to scale, which to the point he's FaceTiming me from Radio Shack or some (laughs) parts store. He's like, check out this motor. It spins 27. I could change the speed. He's buying (laughs) motors. He's buying pipes and poles. And yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been an obsession. I've learned a whole lot (laughs) in the process. One thing I've learned is why there are no two scale models of the earth moon out there. A lot of times, you know, people do science projects, kids do science projects, and you can look up a earth moon model online and go look at tons of models where they, they get the scale of the, uh, the size scale right, but nobody does the distance because to scale because whatever size you make your Earth, you've got to put that moon thirty Earths away. So if I use a, a little two-inch styrofoam ball for my Earth, I've got to have the moon rotating five feet away, and it's not an easy task. But I um, I completed one pretest this past weekend. And the, the results were bizarre, so it's still inconclusive at this point. And hopefully I'll get a video up pretty soon to show everyone exactly, you know, can it or can it not go west to east? So, so Jay is, is working on this buying parts. He's taking them <laughs> back and forth from the east coast to the west coast, yes. you know, in his business travels, <laughs> getting them through TSA, you know. <laughs> yeah, TSA actually stopped me because I had the two motors um, in my carry-on bag, I had a. I they they're not the kind of motors that can change speeds. By the way, they're the, but I got two of them. One is a one RPM motor, obviously for the moon, uh, and the M in my experiment will represent a month or a twenty-seven day period. The Earth that motor is a, a twenty-seven RPM motor. So I was so proud. I got them delivered back home. They came in ASAP. I got them. I got the little. Uh, power packs to connect the wires and everything. And here I am going through TSA with a bunch of red and black wires and some crazy and, motors and, ta- and tape, duct tape, crazy glue, yeah, just all the little <laughs> crazy parts. So yeah, of course they pulled me over for additional screening, if you will, uh, the lovely TSA in Atlanta. 
And um, so on the 22nd <laughs> yeah. of September, I get a text from uh, Jay, three to four hours away from history being made. Yeah. And a picture of this contraption all taped together it literally looks like a, a suicide bomber's vest on a stick. Yeah, it's probably why TSA yeah. pulled me over because <laughs> all those ingredients you see in that picture of that contraption were in my carry on bag. But uh, yeah, so I was just a few days away. And then, like I say, come uh, whatever day that was, the 20, what day did I text that? The 22nd? The 22nd. Yeah, so I think it was the 22nd or the 23rd that I was actually outside doing the experiment. And what do you know? I'm out in the sun trying to use the actual sun. So, so using the actual sun, because that's the only thing that could come close to scale to have the sun at the right distance. That's right. So I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. You know, the sun will cast a shadow and, and uh, that'll be good. And uh, so I'm waiting and I'm waiting and all of a sudden, you crap. know, like, I'm like, crap, the, the tape is melting, the sweat's in my eyes, the, the metal is burning me. Yeah, I'm holding you know, two, I'm holding two oh, motors I, I, in my hand, trying to film it, keep oh, it in frame. Yeah. He's filming with his feet. It's just not working. Yeah. It was enough to make me go crazy. So I basically uh, kept the motors, started from scratch, got a more durable uh, material for my model. And we are now maybe... Four well, days away from making history. Tell everybody the result, the preliminary result that you did say. So, yeah, and I sent you a clip of this before we started recording the show. The preliminary result, the only, you know, again, I'm trying to hold the two motors. Is it, wait, you're trying to prove that either the shadow will outrun the earth or the earth will outrun the shadow, right? One or the other, that, yes, definitively. Other, nobody ever thought it would be a push. Right, nobody ever <laughs> considered a tie uh, was even possible. It, However, it rotated perfectly with the earth. Yes, yes. The one clip I was able to get, and again, this was so difficult because I'm sitting here. I've got the camera on a tripod. Thank goodness I had a tripod. But um, I'm holding the two motors, and I'm holding the the stick that extends out to hold the the moon, and I've got to keep it right in the right spot to get the light right and to get the shadow going across this one inch earth. Because the initial experiment I did, I had a one inch earth and a little quarter inch moon. And what do you know? The one clip I sent, I sent you a slow motion uh, video of it. It cruises across the earth at the same speed. I, I marked my earth, my spinning earth with lines and it crosses the line and goes at the same rate as the line. Who knew it could be a tie? <laughs> Obviously something's wrong. It needs to be retested. The, book, the, bookie, the bookies knew it would be a tie. Again, yep. <laughs> and again, I have no problem if it comes out saying that west to east is just fine. But, you know, if you look at any of those solar eclipse videos, there are still people that are leaving comments on both sides of the fence of this argument. I just read some the other day that were posted in the last four or five days where people were using the same mathematical logic that I was saying it's impossible Others saying, no, 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 it's easily possible. It's going 2,000 miles an hour or whatever. So I just, you know, it's one of those things where I don't want to put this to bed until I actually model this because I know it can be done. It just hasn't. Looking forward to it, Jay. So as soon as I'm ready for, uh, as soon as we get the footage and the model's complete, I'll post the video and you know we'll be talking about it right here on the Flat Earth Podcast. Also this week, a video came out where their experiment was completed and that is by Dr. Zach. What an experiment they did to show how Aristosthenes assumed a globe. And he made the math work for a globe. Yeah. Yeah. Using a flat earth, a flat surface. There's more than one answer to all of these questions. And we're told that we're not allowed to question these things. So um, it's one of those videos that's just so well done. I've watched it a few times. Uh, you know, it took me a little, little, few times to wrap my head completely around it. But um, I think he did a great job. I thought it was awesome. I really did. And again, 
Um, and we're probably going to talk about this with our guest a little bit later on, but it just goes to show you that, you know, this is their number one proof that they always pull out in every interview. Well, Aristosthenes measured the earth to be a globe 3000 years ago and was able to accurately measure the circumference of the earth, you know, to a, uh, one hundredth of a, of a degree of an error. You know, this just goes to show you that an explanation is not a proof if there are other explanations out there. Absolutely true. The, the video you posted, Dave. Oh yeah, I made a, about a week I, or I so ago. I made a video, and uh, it was it was all my videos started out. Oh, I got a perfect fifteen second video, and it ends up being you know feature length, three or four minutes for me. And um, it started out basically. I just took all of the the baller arguments, and I kind of asked them. I kind of did a little bit like ODD's twenty one questions, but I just picked like five or six of them, right, and uh, asked the question and then answered it, showing that the the answer that the ballers have doesn't mean it's the only answer, and there's a different answer. And I kind of laid uh, five or six of those out, and I called it "Flat Earthers Are Dumb." And that was the thumbnail. And I figured that would get a lot of people that would never watch a flat earth video that were like, hey, this flat earth thing, you know, people that are, are going into, you know, when, when somebody first hears about flat earth and they're like, okay, this is crazy. They're going to look for videos to debunk flat earth. So I figured that might grab some of them and it did. And it, it grabbed a lot of them and it kind of worked. What I didn't expect is a lot of flat earthers that have really had it with ball earthers, you know, trolling saw the title watched the first 10 seconds of it where it's showing the, the argument mm-hmm. and then just turned it off and made their comments. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're just calling me out and they're, they're telling me how dumb I am. And yeah, oh man. Yeah. They took and it the, completely wrong. I saw a couple of those comments and it just I, made me laugh. I might have to make some more like this. So <laughs> it, I, I kind of like it. it. It's going viral on Facebook and, um, it, it's all over the place. So it's good. Uh, as, uh, Nathan Oakley says any news is any publicity is good publicity in flat earth. Oh, and also this week, I don't think we've talked about this, but a new flat earther came out, another athlete, Sammy Watkins came out and says that he is also under the impression or belief that the earth is flat. Didn't a reporter ask him that and, and like off the cuff and he just threw it out there and she was surprised. Is that how it came out? Yeah, they were just chatting it up, and he, he, she said something like, oh, you don't think the Earth is flat too, huh? <laughs> and he said, yeah, actually, I do. And she said, are you serious? I, I, let, me, let me actually quote it. She said, I said, Sammy, you're not one of those guys who thinks the Earth is flat, are you? And he goes, well, yeah, I do. She said, Sammy, are you serious? He says, yeah, I do. She said, I'm going to tweet this. And he said, okay, no problem. So... Yeah, so he comes out, uh, this was about a week ago, September 20th or so. And then what do you know, just in the last few hours as of recording time on the 26th of September, Kyrie Irving now comes out and says that he was just trolling everyone and his flat earth belief was just a social experiment. What is the deal? There's no way. There, there's either, you know somebody got to him, you know, either whether it's his agent going, listen, it's bad publicity. You know, you're going to make less money. You're not going to get sponsors. They got to him that way or, or another way, but there's, there's no way that he on his own came up with a flat earth social experiment at this time when so many people are waking up to the flat earth. 
I think that these football players are are the football players, basketball players. They're not um like the 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 you know the families that have two working two jobs. They have the grind. They've got the kids. No, you know people have their 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 living paycheck to paycheck. They don't have any time to look into anything. They watch the news. They watch television, movies, and they're you know they get up, they go to sleep, and that's that. They don't have time to look. Football players, basketball players, these pros, they've got lots of free time on their hands. Well, I'll tell you, it's its still very uh, questionable to me. I, and again, I think I agree with you. I don't think he was – I don't think the the men in black or the, the coats, the suits showed up at his house and threatened him or anything like that. But it wouldn't surprise me at all. Now, Kyrie Irving, I'm not a huge sports guy, but he just switched over to the Boston, Celtic, uh, Boston Celtics. And, you know, it could have been one of those deals where they – when they were making the deal or whatever, they – the team didn't want that kind of publicity. They said, keep your beliefs quiet. Uh, it could be his publicist, his manager, his agent, like you said, who says, dude, you got to stop. You got to stop that. No more. Take it back. Um, but it's very interesting when you read his his quote that he just released in Rolling Stone. Um, the new Boston Celtics player told CBS Sports Radio that he kept up the ridiculous story as a social experiment, even when his fans took him seriously. Quote, it was all an exploitation tactic, Irving said. What it did was it literally spun the world into a frenzy. It proved exactly what I thought it would do in terms of how all this works. It created a division, let all these people stand up there and throw tomatoes at me because I think this or I think that or because I believe the world is flat and you think the world is round. It created exactly that. So, you know, he's he's standing down on it, but it, that doesn't sound very convincing to me. I... You know, I heard the original podcast where he admitted to thinking the earth is flat, Dave, and I still think he thinks that. Didn't Shaq do the exact same thing? Yeah, I just think that Kyrie was already armed with enough facts to discuss it. Shaq wasn't, and Shaq backed down like within, what, three or four days? Hey, I've, I've said it a million times. Flat Earth is the most important secret that they have out there, and they will go to all lengths, all lengths if I could speak, um, to... To protect it. And, you know, if having a word with Kyrie Irving, convincing him, uh, you know, consciously or Scapala meaning him and, you know, get it, you know, changing his thoughts, that's a known technique they have. They can actually, you know, mind control people and change their beliefs. Yeah. One of their tactics. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't put anything past them at this point. I can say this. If Dave or I ever get on here and say, yeah, well, we were just testing. We were just messing with you guys. It was a social experiment. <laughs> then I can tell you somebody got to me and, and, and did some kind of words of, uh, of tiger Dan, you know, yeah. if, if you ever hear me say the earth is a ball, no, I'm being tortured. And, uh, correct this, this poor guy, we don't know what happened to him. You know, many people say that he sold out or anything. You have no proof of that. I don't think that guy sold out. I think he, it's something really bad happened. Drastic happened. And, and yeah. on that note, should I disappear, uh, then we all know what the result of the uh, Earth-Moon-Solar Eclipse <laughs> test was. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and there's one more thing that I wanted to bring up before we actually go to our guests in just a few, and that is the video that Kyle McDonald posted. He's an avid listener to the podcast. He's down with the Flat Earth stuff, but he took issue with one of the topics that we had that we, we all talked about when ODD was on, and that is the seasons uh, on the Flat Earth how we mentioned that the seasons were um, uh, the plant and animal life in the Northern Hemisphere latitudes are not equal. They're totally different than the 
plant and animal life in the Southern Hemisphere. It's a, it's a point that's been brought up on you know, Eric Dubay's videos and many, many, many other ones. And his point was, it's not just about the location of the area. It's not just about the angle. It's not just about the distance. It's also, take you need to take into consideration the water that is surrounding Antarctica. And my official stance on this at this time, Dave, is that I need to look into this. I'm, I'm really thankful to Kyle for bringing this up because if there's problems with common flat earth arguments, then I think it's a great thing to point it out. And I encourage everybody to go check out his video. It's under his channel, Kyle McDonald. So there, there is a, a good argument there or, or, or one that maybe can't be answered that in the Southern hemisphere, there's much less land, more water. And in the Northern hemisphere, there's a lot more land, which retains the heat. Um, I could buy into that. But the problem is the North Pole is supposedly a frozen ice cap and the South Pole, Antarctica, is a continent. So that kind of reverses land versus no land in the in the deep north or the deep south and the deep north. Um, and so that's one of those things that, you know, you can argue all day. What I think is more um telling is that there is no midnight sun in Antarctica. There's four faked videos and there's ridiculous answers that Jaron contacted the bases down there and said, why do you cut your, your video feeds? And they're like, Oh, we, we need to save server space, you know, right, right. Or hard drive space, which, which is nonsense. And then on top of that, the, you know, no one has circumnavigated to the South. Uh, again, Jaron has done uh, anyone that wants to see that think it, thinks it has been done by that Sir Hillary guy or whatever his name is. Jaron uh, broke down all the information on that. And it's obvious that he did not circumnavigate uh, over the South because you can't. So those two things um, wipe out the endless argument of, well, more land, less land, hotter, colder, no circumnavigation to the South. And um no 24 hour sun in Antarctica. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I, for one, I'm going to take another look at his video this in, in the upcoming days and in the next week or so and research what he was saying about the, uh, the currents and the, and the water that's going around Antarctica, making it tougher to warm up. And that's really, I, you know, cause I, like I say, I, I fully believe that we should all be looking into things on both sides of the, uh, of the fence. The valid point, valid point. So Kyle, thank you for sending that in. All right. So Dave, speaking of Jerem, we'll give him a call in just a few minutes and let's see if we can get our guest on before we go to our first little break. I'd like to play some clips from our buddy Luke's podcast. So it's Luke's English podcast. The guy is, I was turned on to him. I forget. I thought it was, I thought it was by the school teacher that we had on from New York city um, but somebody else actually sent it to me, said, this guy needs a smackdown and, and to get him on the podcast. And I listened to it and it, it, it's going to infuriate you. Um, but I listened to it carefully in the, and he did say some interesting things like, hey, I haven't looked into it, but he did the, the official flat earth beatdown. Yeah. And, and, and I want everyone out there who, who is into the flat earth thing. Before you get angry, because that's your first reaction is you're going to go, oh, oh, and get frustrated. However, think back to yourself when you first heard this theory. Uh, I, I think many of us reacted the same way. Again, like you just said, Dave, he hasn't looked into it when he's making the statements that we're about to play. He admittedly says, I haven't looked into it, but, you know, it's ridiculous. But he, and he, we all said the same yeah, thing. We're all, it, 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 we all have the same journey. 
you know, this guy has a big podcast. So um, why don't we play uh, 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 some clips of the stuff that he said, and then uh, we'll get him on the show so you guys can uh, hear him and uh, hate him. And then maybe you'll change your opinion or maybe you'll hate him worse after you hear uh, our conversation. Here we go. Let's queue up some clips. Then we're going to go to a break and we'll be right back with Luke on the line. Podcast. Here we go. The Earth is round, which it is round. So I'm not being skeptical about that. Uh, you know, I think that's true. Of course, but I'm being skeptical about other people's skepticism on that uh, topic because there are some people out there, and it seems to be getting more and more uh, popular and trendy these days for some people out there to to believe that the Earth is flat. Now, we, obviously, hundreds of years ago, people thought that the Earth was flat. You know, that was the accepted uh, view. And, and then, obviously, as we learnt more and more about the, the nature of the, the, the world and the universe and everything, we, you know, it became clear to us that the Earth was, was not flat. It's actually a globe, you know. And all of the, all of the things that we've learnt about the way the world works show us that the, the Earth is a globe. And, in fact, you can go out it's possible to go out of the atmosphere and observe the Earth from a distance. You can see it's a it's it's a globe spinning in space, right? I mean, it, it it's it's like irrefutable, really. Now that 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 uh, information, and yet there are people who are convinced that the Earth is flat, and this uh, idea is is somehow spreading across the internet mainly in America, I think, but there are British conspiracy... Are they conspiracy theorists? I think they are conspiracy theorists because uh, along with the idea that the, the, the Earth is flat, there is also this whole theory that there is a conspiracy by the governments of the world and organisations like NASA or anyone else who's involved in space exploration. They're all uh, working together to deceive the world and to try and make the world think that the Earth is round when, in fact, it's it's uh, a flat uh, object. Uh, so there is a conspiracy theory relating to it as well. Um, now, I, I didn't actually meet anyone or at least speak to anyone in the USA who believed in the flat Earth theory, but I have seen lots of talk about it online. Uh, there, there's, there are quite a lot of YouTubers and even famous musicians and celebrities who spread the idea uh, that the Earth is flat and that there's uh, a global, uh, although I guess they wouldn't use the word global, would they? Uh, I don't know what word they would use instead of the word global, but they believe there is a worldwide... There it is, worldwide. Worldwide? Yeah, I suppose that works if you think the world is flat, doesn't it? Uh, they think there's a worldwide conspiracy to convince us all that the world is in fact a globe, uh, not a, a flat thing. Uh, it seems that America is the world's number one place for conspiracy theories, Anyway, I find conspiracy theories interesting. Some of them are more believable than others, uh, and, and some of them are, are completely ridiculous. I think that the flat earth theory is one of the most ridiculous ones. Here we're talking about the flat earth idea. So what's a quick summary of the flat earth theory? This is from LiveScience.com. Uh, the article is, Are Flat Earthers Being Serious? You can also find, you know, flat earth websites of their own, but this is just a, a, a quick, quick summary. Uh, members of the Flat Earth Society claim to believe the Earth is flat. Walking around on the planet's surface, it certainly looks and feels flat. So they consider all evidence uh, that uh, doesn't agree with that. For example, satellite photos of Earth as a sphere 
They consider all that evidence to be fabrications of a round-earth conspiracy orchestrated by NASA and other government agencies. The belief that the Earth is flat has been described as the ultimate conspiracy theory. According to the Flat Earth Society's leadership, its ranks have grown by 200 people, mostly Americans and Britons. This is a bit embarrassing. It's grown by 200 people per year since 2009. Judging by the exhaustive effort flat earthers have invested in fleshing out the theory on their website, as well as the the strong defences of their views they offer in media interviews and on Twitter, it would seem that these people genuinely believe that the earth is flat. But in the 21st century, can they really be serious? And if so, how is this psychologically possible? Here are just some of the things that they believe. So this is the situation through the eyes of a flat earther. First, a brief tour of the worldview of a flat earther. While writing off buckets of concrete evidence, so if you write something off, you just sort of say, I don't accept it. I'm writing it off. I don't accept it, right? Uh, That's one meaning of to write something off is when you just sort of go, no, I'm not accepting that as evidence. So they write off buckets of concrete evidence that the earth is spherical and they also accept a, a big list of uh, propositions that some people would call completely ludicrous. So I don't know why, but they choose not to believe the scientific evidence. Uh, instead, they, they choose to accept, um, you know, all kinds of ludicrous um, evidence or evidence that some people would consider to be ludicrous, ridiculous. The leading flat earther theory holds or suggests or maintains that Earth is a disk with the Arctic Circle in the centre so I guess that's like the North Pole, all of the Arctic. The Arctic is in the centre of the disk. And Antarctica, what you know we consider to be the South Pole, Antarctica is in fact a 150-foot tall wall of ice that goes all the way around the rim of the disk. Okay, big disk, the Arctic in the middle, and then the Antarctic is in fact a huge wall of ice that goes whole, all the way around the rim of this disc it's i mean it's bollocks it's just come on uh nasa employees they say guard this wall to prevent people from climbing over and falling off the disc in keeping with their skepticism of nasa known flat earther conspiracy theory nathan thompson oh he's a thompson oh come on mate thompson approached a man he said was a nasa employee in a starbucks in May 2017. Uh, In the exchange, Thompson, the founder of the Flat Earth and Globe discussion page, shouted that he had proof that the Earth is flat, apparently saying an astronaut drowning was the proof and that NASA is lying. Okay, all right, fine. So Flat Earthers are the sorts of people that would accost a NASA employee in Starbucks and start shouting, I've got proof! And people are like, well... Can we just let, can you just, can we drink our coffees first? Okay, slurp, slurp, slurp. Okay, fine, go on. And they're like, the proof is that an, uh, a NASA astronaut drowned in the ocean. What? That's the, that's the evidence? How do you connect the two things? Anyway, Earth's day and night cycle is explained by the flat earthers by suggesting that the sun and moon are in fact spheres measuring only 32 miles So these are like fairly small things, the Earth, uh, the Sun and the Moon, these 51 kilometer spheres, circles that move in circles 3000 miles above the plane of the Earth. So the Earth's flat and the Sun and Moon are just like these, these 
circles that are turning 3,000 miles above Earth. Uh Uh-huh. And like spotlights, these celestial spheres illuminate different portions of the planet in a 24-hour cycle. Flat Earthers believe there must also be an invisible anti-moon that obscures the moon during lunar eclipses. Oh, flipping heck, man. I mean, what a load of old codswallop. Um, I mean, I think it's ridiculous believing the Earth is flat because um, it means you have to also reject certain principles, right? So if you believe the Earth is flat, not only do you have to come up with a really convincing set of theories that that explains and undoes all of the uh, understandings of astronomy and astrophysics and even just physics that that we've worked out so far... Uh, But, you know, if you believe in it, you've got to reject these things. You've got to reject basically all of the basic understandings that we have of the way the world works, including the laws of physics, including the the law of gravity, the idea that mass, the higher the mass, the, the more it attracts objects to it, the more it affects space and time, that gravity bends time and pulls objects towards it. Right, so that principle is out of the window. Uh, these things that have been tested time and time again, scientifically, which means uh, subject to the most reliable forms of objective testing and scrutiny that are possible, you have to reject all of that. You've got to reject the Big Bang th- theory, and you've got to uh, uh, reject the basic law of, of of gravity, like I said. And you also have to believe that all the governments. All the shipping companies, all the airline companies, all the scientists in different communities around the globe from different countries, and in fact, all of those underpaid science teachers working in schools, you have to uh, believe that all of those people are part of a huge organised conspiracy to maintain the idea that the Earth is round when in fact it's flat. So, first of all, like, why? What's the purpose? I don't... It's... I don't know if it's been made clear why the flat earthers believe that this conspiracy is even in place. What do people have to benefit um, from, like making people believe that the Earth is is round when it's actually flat? How could that how could that benefit us? I mean, I, I benefit those people, us. Ooh, he said us. He's part of the conspiracy. Um, like if you were trying to, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, it's bollocks. I mean, I shouldn't even think about it because the, the more you think about it, the more mental it becomes. And anyway, it's impossible to keep a secret like that. We're just not competent enough to do it, are we? I mean, as a species, we're not able to keep secrets like that. We can't even keep a sex tape secret. So what chance do we have of maintaining a lie that big? Honestly, I think that we have to look at why people choose to believe in this kind of thing. Why is it people losing their trust in knowledge itself why do people lose trust in the general belief system i think it goes together with a a general sense of distrust in authority a feeling of individual empowerment that you get when you believe something like that and just the simple human ability to get stuck in a certain way of thinking to get stuck in a certain worldview and then just block out everything that contradicts it even if it's rational evidence that's been proven over and over again, if it doesn't really agree with the, the, the worldview that you've chosen for whatever reason, you know, people will find a way of just blocking that stuff out, which is a pity because it, it, it becomes dangerous, you know. 
I think that once a person has invested themselves in a certain belief system for whatever reason, it's actually very hard to get them out of it. Belief systems, core beliefs, are so powerful because they inform the way that we see the world and and inform like the way we interact with the world completely. Um, and you know, it, it it's it's very hard to kind of break someone away from their core belief system. For example, you might hear a conspiracy theorist say something like this. You might hear, I believe the Earth is flat and no one can convince me that it's not. Following announcement has been paid for by the Flat Earth Podcast. You want to leave a digital voicemail for us? Head over to theflatearthpodcast.com and click on the blue link that reads, got a question? Send us a message. You can do it from your iPhone or from your computer. First time you do it on your cellular phone, you'll have to download a little app. But after that, you can leave us all kinds of messages. If you want to be anonymous, you can make up a name, make up an email address. We don't care. We just want to hear what you have to say. We'll do our best to play or answer these questions and comments on future episodes right here on the Flat Earth Podcast. Download the SpeakPipe app and check us out at theflatearthpodcast.com. The Flat Earth Podcast. If you're watching this audio on YouTube right now, and you're not familiar with the world of podcasting, there's a far better way to listen to the Flat Earth Podcast each and every week. Think of it like your TiVo or your DVR is to your television. You subscribe to whatever show that you like. Whenever a new episode comes out, it records it, downloads it, and notifies you that there's a new episode for easy listening anywhere. Another great feature on most podcast players is you could speed up if you want to hear stuff even faster or more importantly it has a jump back and jump forward 30 seconds so you could skip annoying announcements like this we're on itunes stitcher soundcloud and so many more if we're not on your favorite podcast app send us a message and let us know to make sure we will be the flat earth podcast All right, back with us here on the Flat Earth Podcast. And Dave, we've got a special guest joining us this week, all the way from across the pond, excuse me, a guy who uh, you sent me a link just a couple weeks ago, I think, to one of his podcasts where he dove into the Flat Earth topic. And he is not a Flat Earther, folks. He is a, a sound believer in the globe system, which we have no problem with. However, you know, the first thing I thought was this guy is so... Uh, articulate, so intelligent sounding that I said to myself, we got to talk to this guy. We got to get him on our team is what I really said. <laughs> you know, the problem I have with uh, with situations like this is every time we get an intelligent Glober on, they have this amazing Australian or English accent that just makes yes. us look like a bunch of dumb Americans. <laughs> right. And, and it immediately gives them the upper hand. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was about to say. Or maybe he, in my intro, I was going to say, or maybe he's not that intelligent. It's just that his voice is yeah. so darn eloquent. Every word out of his mouth sounds like an irrefutable fact. Act. Yeah, That's he can it. read. He can read a comic book to me, and I'd say, "Gosh, look how smart this guy is." Hello, Luke. Luke, Hi. what's happening? Luke Thompson from Luke's English Podcast. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm doing really well, thanks. It's uh, it's good to be on the podcast. Thank you very much for such a nice introduction. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not that in- intelligent. It's it's just a trick. It's just the sound of my voice. <laughs> yeah, we know that. Yeah. So so. Yeah, what sounds like an intelligent person is just is simply an accent. So, um, yeah, it's really nice to be on your podcast. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm feeling a bit kind of, well, I don't know how I feel really, because I've been listening to your podcast a little bit, just sort of in the run up to, to doing this. And, you know, first of all, it's really cool. The one thing we, we might not agree on the shape of the earth, but I think we can agree that podcasting is brilliant. 
right? Oh, agreed, agreed. So it's really cool to be on someone else's podcast, and uh, you know, it's just uh, that's fun. I also th- my position here, I guess, is that um, I talked about flat Earth recently on my podcast just because I talk about all sorts of topics. You know, anything that I think is interesting that my audience will listen to, because m- mainly my podcast is for people learning English. So I'm always looking ah, for interesting topics, right? Things um, to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's one of the things that just occurred to me. And yeah, I am I am a subscriber to the idea that the, the Earth is round or sort of basically round. Uh, but, you know, you can. I'm not totally sort of close to the idea that the Earth could be flat. Uh, so, so something you said, sorry to interrupt, something you said in that podcast uh, several, I think once or twice, you said, um, I haven't really looked into it, which is okay because most people don't, including myself. I refuse to look into it, and I thought I knew everything until I was forced to look into it. So I'm looking forward to maybe popping some new ideas into your mind sure. Um, so you can start looking at things from another angle because there's lots of times. I actually just put a video out uh, this morning that said that basically uh, it pointed out um, things that – heliocentrists believe is absolute proof when in fact okay. there's another answer that they never right. thought of and that, that's where it's interesting yeah well i'm you can consider me as a potential new recruit i love but, that but i knew you, it but you do you do have to convince me though right because my position is that if if i'm so i'm prepared to believe that the earth is flat but uh only if like the evidence for that idea stands up against the the evidence or the the things that I perhaps think I know about uh, the idea that the earth is is round. So if you've got the evidence and you can convince me then of course I'm going to believe that the earth is flat because I'm not completely fixed or stuck to the idea that the earth is round because I think that's not really the kind of scientific way of looking at things. You don't just choose there you go. Yeah, you don't just choose your 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 way of looking at the world and then just rigidly stick to it. If the evidence is there, then of course you change and you 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 go based on what the evidence suggests. So I'm here to I'm here to listen to the evidence. I might ask you questions about it and things like that. Well, and that's we'll just certainly, see. certainly that's what we'd love to encourage. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. Okay. So Luke, joining us, and I hope it's okay with you, is another fellow friend and flat earther who knows. Um, so much more than we do. We actually know, but we have a hard time pulling the the actual examples, you know, yeah, out of the uh, out of the fluoridated uh, recesses of our minds. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Jaron is going to join, and we're going to let you do as much talking as you want, and we're going to try to keep our answers as short as possible. Okay, yes. my, all my talking it, it might end up just being lots of really annoying questions. Well, you know? well, that's okay. Questions. That's my specialty. That's what I like. I don't really like doing presentations. I like answering questions. So this is going to be fantastic. Jaron, okay. say hello. Hey, what's going on, Luke? Hi, Jaron. Jaron, uh, welcome. You missed our opening where uh, Luke has uh, has admitted that he is willing to uh, change his opinion based on new information if we can provide it. So that's uh, very refreshing. Yeah, very much. I uh, heard his show last week and uh, it's pretty upsetting to hear him. So I'm glad that he'll be uh, turning over a new leaf. <laughs> well, one I'm of the s- things that he said right at the beginning of the Flat Earth Talk that I, uh, I just wanted to throw out there at you, Luke, is you, you mentioned that you're open to certain conspiracy theories, but there are the most ridiculous ones out there. I think you, I forget which one, which one you said was the most ridiculous, but you said flat earth is one of those ridiculous, one of the most ridiculous, a laughable conspiracy theory. And I just wanted to let you know, 
I can't speak for Dave and Jaron, but I said the exact same thing when I first heard this. I think we all did. Uh-huh. I'm starting to regret saying that now. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. We all said it. I said it. Um, I, I did a podcast called Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole about conspiracies and people were sending me flat earth stuff. And for six months, I ignored people and uh, refused to even watch a two minute video because I said it was too ridiculous for me to spend 30 seconds on. And uh, then I was then I went in to debunk it. And here I am with the flat earth podcast. Well, I'm, I am often um, sort of watch the videos and kind of uh, follow up um, on the things that people have sent me and things like that. I actually find it interesting just to read about conspiracy theories and see people's videos on them. Um, so I'm, I'm not one of those people who kind of um, just says, oh, it's, it's madness. I'm, I'm not going to listen. Um, and I try not to just sort of label people as being kind of, you know, whatever, crazy or or, or whatever it is, you know. Um, so I'm sort of open to the ideas, but um, even even when I watch the videos and I see the, the content, read the, the, the blog posts and things, they still haven't convinced me yet. So um, go ahead, guys. So <laughs> here's how I'd like to, to run this, is um, you made a bunch of statements in your video. I'd like to kind of quickly review review them, give you our two cents, and then uh, let you ask any questions that you want. Does that sound good to everybody? Yeah. Yep, perfect. So, so right at the beginning, you do what a lot of people do uh, do early on in research is uh, you search for Flat Earth and you're brought to the Flat Earth Society. Um, the Flat Earth Society is clearly a, um, I'll say, government-run disinformation uh, site. Uh, there are no real Flat Earth researchers that believe any of the nonsense on that, on that site. I mean, they, they do mix in a couple of interesting things that we do talk about, but then they mix it with other, other nonsense um, you know, one of the quotes that you said is uh, the Flat Earth Society, the membership has gone up by by 200 people. <laughs> you know, um, I think the Flat Earth is growing by 200 people every hour. Yeah. Not, when did, not, I, did I say that? Did no, I say no, no. that? It, it wasn't you, Luke. It was the article that you were reading. Oh, uh, uh, OK. The, the, it was early on when you started talking about Flat Earth. You went to an article. I can't remember the publication, but you were saying how the article you were reading the article and it said that Flat Earth has grown by. Uh, oh, it was, are they serious? Are flat earthers yeah. serious? I've got and it here. It's, it was um, livescience.com. There you go. The, the article is called, Are Flat Earthers Being Serious? Right. So yeah. that's where those statements came from, where they quoted the Flat Earth Society. I think that's what Dave was referring to, right, Dave? Absolutely, yes. So so just the point, the point of that statement is, um, when you hear Flat Earth Society, just know that no real Flat Earth researchers or even, you know, pseudo Flat Earth researchers believe any of that nonsense. It's, it's pure disinfo. It's at the top of the Google search, and uh, it is just to lead you astray and make you discount it. And it's very effective. You know, how they're the know, ones... Go ahead. How do you know that it's um, disinformation? I mean, how do you know that it's a government-run site? I mean... So, so, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, for instance, in that article, um, when you when you were reading it, the guy says, you know, flat earthers believe that uh, it's surrounded by a large ice wall that NASA patrols to keep people people from climbing over the mountain or over the ice wall and falling off the edge. Like, I I laughed when I heard it because not only is that funny on the surface, but it's funny that you know for two years I've been researching this and not one single uh, area of my research with all these flat earthers doing videos and, and, and blogs and that sort of thing. Have I ever even heard that? The only place you'll hear that is on a page like the Flat Earth Society. So which part of it um, do you agree with and which part do you not agree with? So finishing uh, uh, my, my flat point. Flat Earth. That's yeah. about it. 
My, my, my point is when you search flat earth, they, you show that ridiculous picture of a disc flying through space, and that is from the flat earth society. That is um, not what the flat earth is. Um, if you could just expand your mind and imagine that the earth plane, the, the flat earth plane, is all that there is. And we are just living in a small thermal pocket. Imagine this gigantic uh, frozen plane. We don't know how far it goes, but there's a melted puddle. And in that puddle are all of these islands that we'll call them continents. And the sun spins around a center point and it gets tight circles and wider circles and it melts out these these oceans. And the shoreline that surrounds the the world that we live in is the shore of Antarctica. It's not a wall, although if you go there, there's thousands of pictures of it's pretty much a wall, um, but not a wall like the the Game of Thrones, more like mm-hmm. just a cliff and then a plateau behind it that goes on for we don't know how far because we're it's not frozen, allowed to go yeah, there. It's, it's frozen shoreline, basically. The reason the water doesn't pour off the flat earth is the same reason the water doesn't pour off a lake because it's yeah. a shoreline. Yeah, I see. So where where do you get that information from then? That it's this sort of um, plane that goes on and we're just a puddle, uh, you know, underneath the sun that's spinning around over the top of it. I mean, how do you know that? Well, I mean, the other reason that we know that that site is disinformation is because there's well, several I mean, people. On- sorry, I mean, how do you know that, that it's a, a plane, you know, just what uh, um, well, Dave I just think- said? Okay, so I and Jen, you can give your answer in a second. I think the reason we've come to this conclusion, as far as what it is, is by analyzing the actual evidence of the globe and coming to the realization of what it is not. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I get that idea that that you've basically decided that you're not convinced by the evidence that the that the world is a globe, and and because um, you you don't find the evidence for that to be convincing. You've concluded, sort of by extension, that the Earth must be flat. Well, but I think that's a that's a sort of problem for me because that's a, I think it's a fallacy. You know, it's a, a problem in thinking that if you just because you don't believe in the evidence for one thing, it doesn't give proof to the evidence of something else. Let me. All uh, that well, does is just mean that you're not convinced that the Earth is round. It doesn't prove that the Earth is flat. Go ahead, Jaron. Well, I was going to say on a, on a globe model, you have the equal hemispheres and in the fact that we are tilted and then we uh, go around later the year we're tilted the basically the other way we've got the north facing the sun and the south facing the sun that would uh, would not give us what we what we see in reality what we see is a south pole that is like a frozen um, you know place where it never melts the north melts every year they have a summer they've got tons of animals and different species that live up there in the south nothing happens it is desolate it Almost is like it, it, even though it gets 24 hour sun, um, it does get the full summer like the North does. Why does it never melt? Well, in the model that uh, we believe we live on, it, it works that way because the sun during its the South summer just gets out there for a little bit of time, not long enough to melt the perpetual ice. Mm. But you see, for me, I, I get that too. I mean, I, I'm not a scientist or an expert really. Um, so I can't really explain why um, apparently the temperature at the South Pole is lower than the temperature at the North. Uh, I mean, I don't know the reason, but that just because I don't know that, it's, that's not evidence for the other model. You see what I mean? Well, then there's, there's also no curvature. So when you combine no curvature plus what we just talked about, plus actually uh, the scientific understanding is that the sun is 3 million miles closer 
in the South. So all that combined does not equal um, hey, Antarctica being a frozen hang place. On. So the reason that, you know, if the Earth is not a ball, Luke, then it has to be something else. And I'm going to go I'm going to go with flat. So, you know, the Earth is supposedly 24,000 miles around. And there's a formula for that, which is eight inches per mile squared. Have you ever heard of that? No, not not heard of that one. So the distance uh, that you, you take the miles and square them, multiply it times eight inches, that is the curvature. So one mile equals eight inches. Two miles is two times two is four times eight is 32 inches. Um, and that's because as you're going over the curve, it gets steeper and steeper. And that works for you know a quarter of the circumference. That is the official curvature formula. But we can see much farther than that allows. So right there, that's a broken link in the in the ball Earth chain. Okay, um, but there's a lot. Good. I was sorry, sorry to stop you there. But if if that is a broken link in the ball Earth chain, if that formula doesn't work, then um, I mean I, I know I'm sounding like I'm sort of like not awake to the whole thing and everything here. But but um, if that doesn't work, then you know that means that. Um, well, I suppose this is where we start to get into the idea that there is a, a conspiracy going on and that the established scientific community um, who is, you know, perpetuating the idea that the Earth is round is actually part of some conspiracy to keep the truth from from everybody, right? I mean, so along with... Well, that's kind of where... I've heard you say that, Luke, and, and you know, none of us believe that, that all these scientists and, um, you know, teachers, professors they are all equally duped. It's not that they are perpetuating some sort of um, fraud against us. It's That's what they learned. They learned they lived on a ball, and that's what they teach, that they live on a ball. But when you get out and you actually do this kind of research and you look at these observations, that's when you realize something's wrong. But I think that there are scientists out there who either they are part of the conspiracy or they're duped. I don't know which one for, for some of them, because where's the dividing line kind of thing? Um because the, the way that they operate is that they come up with ideas that, which are then tested and scrutinized in very open fashion. Um, their their, their um, hypotheses are uh, rigorously tested and then the conclusions are uh, brought out from those things. And then they're peer reviewed and uh, something's only generally accepted as being true if it's been tested again and again and again. So, I mean, you say that... Uh, that this equation um, isn't actually accurate. But, I mean, there's a large body of work out there that says it is. So, I mean, is it your word against theirs? Or? No, no, what, I, what I'm saying is that's the official equation for curvature. And when you measure it, something, um, you know, at a certain distance should be X amount of feet over the curvature. I can see a landmass that's at the highest point is 90 feet high at 65 miles away. And that, you know, when the conditions are right, when it's clear, when there's low humidity, when there's no waves on the water, mm -hmm. um, but that should be a half a mile below the curve. And I can see it clearly. So this, this, this is essentially your, your test of that theory, right? I mean, if we talk in, the, in, the, in these terms in which science operates, this is, this is your test. You're testing the theory by actually going out and having a look, you know? Correct. Luke, but, you, is, but, but you sorry, is your, Dave, is your test subject to the scrutiny of a scientific community? 
Well, you know, I'm going to let Jaron answer that because he explains that so well, how the scrutiny of a scientific community is is a comp- that's where the fraud comes in. Um, but I just noticed in your podcast, and, and you did it now, you use the word physics and science and experiments, but um, but we don't know of any, you know, and you talk about the law of gravity. Um, that's another discussion I'd like to get into. But these these experiments, there has been experiments about um, you know, pr- proving that the Earth is spinning and they fail. Really? Yes. You know, all of, yeah, all without of a doubt. And that's you know, I, really quick. I would just want to say because I wrote this down when I was listening to the show. Um, one of the things you said was, in order to believe in a flat Earth, you have to. And I'm quoting from your podcast: you have to reject certain principles, right? Uh, laws of physics, the law of gravity, that have been these principles that have been tested time and time again scientifically, subjected. Uh, to the most reliable forms of objective forms of scrutiny. <laughs> and and that, was, that was from your show. So one thing that I wanted to po- point out early on is that, I, you know, in my journey, in my discovery of this, was I took this supposed f- curvature formula and I said, you know, I, I worked it out. And sure enough, it, it was, I was seeing things across water, as other people were, that you shouldn't see. And I said to myself, so one of three things has to be wrong. Number one, the size of the earth. Number two could be the shape of the earth. Or number three, the formula itself. And when I spent two weeks diving into the backwards spherical trigonometry world, the formula is correct. It's got to be the shape or the size. And so that's what led me into this journey was when I couldn't resolve this thing mathematically. But when you talk about the proofs out there, the scientific uh, uh, subjected to the most reliable forms of objective forms of scrutiny, yeah. the f- yeah. thing that I realized first when looking into this was, oh my gosh, yeah, it, we've been duped because they haven't put these things that we took as solid scientific fact. These things have not, in fact, been through the scientific scrutiny that we all thought they were. Is there a chance, though, that that um, you just haven't found the uh, the studies? I mean, where, Jeremy, where have you I, been looking? Oh, everywhere. Oh. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt. I, absolutely everywhere. I, sorry, no, absolutely. I, I don't doubt that you've been very rigorous. I'm sure you have. I know you have because I've listened to episodes of the podcast. I know how how committed you are and how how much time you must spend on searching for it but still i wonder what your sources are jerem i you know jerem you might want to jump in here but i i've literally looked everywhere i don't think that there is a single a test out there in fact was it einstein guys that said uh, there is no test that can prove the rotation of the earth he says there's no optical experiment that can prove that the earth moves yeah correct however what you do find is the opposite of what you were saying in your uh, in your podcast, you find that there have been scientific experiments like the Mike- Michelson-Morley experiment, Aries failure, that in fact prove we are stationary and we are not moving, and yet science leaves those out of the textbooks. Hey, Luke, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of uh, George Ellis. He's a probably top five or ten physicist um, in the world. Um, and one thing that he says you know, in a quote is that uh, – Basically, people need to be aware that there is a range of models that can explain the observations. For instance, I can construct a spherically symmetrical universe with Earth at its center that you could not disprove based on observations. Um, He then says, uh, in my, uh, sorry, you can only exclude it based on philosophical grounds. In my view, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. What I want to bring into the open is the fact that we are using philosophical criteria in choosing our models. A lot of cosmology tries to hide that. So just in that quote, when you hear a lot of cosmology, which is a science, mm. which should be peer-reviewed, which should be exact, which should be open and transparent, tries to hide that. 
Okay. Well, that's the kind of thing that should alarm you because that means there's there's scientists out there that are trying to hide something from you. All right. Okay. So, and there's other other scientists that have come out and spoken about that. That basically, the observations of the universe that we see, it can also it's actually uh, matches the observations better that we are the center of the universe. But because science knows that if we were the center of the universe, the next question becomes, why? Who put us here? Why are we the center? And so science is not prepared to answer that question. They don't like that question because that entails some otherworldly force. Well, they want to be the most important beings that ever were here. They don't want to have anything above them. So they've chosen to put us on the outskirts of the galaxy and remove us from the middle. And if that's the case, then so be it. Um, you know, if, if that's the truth, then I don't mind. I don't mind wherever we are as long as I get the truth. But what we're finding out is that that's not necessarily the truth. That's the truth that the scientific community wants to be true. Okay. And have, so, have you ever heard the, um, yeah. just one more, you know, interesting quote. Mm-hmm. Did you ever yeah, hear the sure. uh, Edwin Hubble quote? I don't think so. So Edwin Hubble's the one that discovered that um, basically all the galaxies were moving away from us. Okay, so okay. he discovered that um, they're all redshifting, which means that to anybody else, that would make sense that we're the center of the universe. It means that every galaxy is moving away from us, uh, as if we were the center or as if we were the start. So what Edwin Hubble actually says when he's trying to figure out um, you know, exactly why we are observing that is he says, to, you know, to get away, I'm, I can find the quote, I don't have it right on mm, me, but he says, okay. you know, to get away from the horror of a centralized location, um, that we need to make up these other uh, um, ideas. Basically, what he's saying is that the absolute worst thing for science would be for us to be the center of the universe. So once you realize that science isn't necessarily coming up with answers based on tests, like, like, and this is the problem, is that science taught us a different understanding of science than is the truth. You just said these things are peer-reviewed. Well, if peer review was like Neil Tyson explains it or like we were taught in school, then that'd be great. But really, when you think about it, it doesn't work that way. I mean, Neil deGrasse talks about um, these tests, and he says, if I go out and I do this test, then a rival scientist of mine, he wants to prove me wrong. So he comes over and tries to prove me wrong. Well, there is no money in the real world for somebody to follow up with somebody's test. You know, if I, if I go out and do a test and it takes me three years to discover there's some sort of evolution going on with some birds, well, there's no scientist that's going to come behind me and follow up my test with a three-year study of his own because there's no money in that. But that's, I've already that's, done my test. That's assuming that sci- the only motivation of scientists to do their work is to make money. I mean, you're that, doing that, work, and I, I don't think money is, is your primary goal here, is it? Well, well, I don't think any. No, of course not. But to assume that it's not uh, going to go that direction is also very naive, because I think everyone here at this, in this conversation can agree that governments can be corrupted. Absolutely. Religions can be corrupted, correct? Yeah, sure. And what I learned when I looked into this is, my God, at least for my entire lifetime, we've given, given science, you know, mainstream established science, a free pass on the idea that they can be corrupted. Right. And as far as peer review goes, <clears throat> peer review is like, you know, two turds asking each other, do I stink? It, it's, it's not the best, <laughs> the best methodology to get to the truth. Because if you've got a peer review team that's basically 400 scientists that have spent the last 20 years of their lives preaching about the ball earth, if I submit a paper to a peer review journal, do you really think that those... 400 scientists are going to give my paper a chance, even though I might be speaking the truth. But it, it also calls into question their previous careers. Right. Okay. So if we take peer review as a redundant system, what's the replacement then? 
YouTube. <laughs> ah, well, exactly. Do you think YouTube is, uh, you know, a, no, no, no. a good I, I shouldn't replacement? say YouTube. YouTube. No, no, no. YouTube is the medium to spread the word. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely not a replacement for research itself. It's discussions like this, where people actually talk and listen to each other and put out, you know, counterpoints out there. When people say, oh, where'd you get that information on YouTube? I challenge them to find anything that's not on YouTube. YouTube is just a it's a medium site. Yeah. It's a it's yeah. a place where people can put sure. content. It's just like the real world, filled with uh, junk and great stuff. And you just have to sort it out. I mean, it's there's the same junk. as books. There's yeah. books with crap, and there's books that are encyclopedias and, with so-called information. And you pick uh, out the ones that that make the most sense, right? Just because they make smut novels and books, you can't throw out books as a reliable sure. form. Oh, of, absolutely, yeah. of interpreting no, no. data. I, so that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think YouTube is, uh, by definition, you know, a source of fake information at all. But I, what I mean is that if you take away the, it, and also. I mean, I think that scientists are discussing these things in the same way that we are right now. But it, but the the thing that I've noticed, um, I think, is that when when I hear people talking about things like flat Earth, that you you move from um, discussion of, of 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 evidence into speculation fairly seamlessly. And I think it's dangerous to, to start doing it. You've got to watch out for that. So moving from the, 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 the position of, I don't know, I, I don't believe what I see, therefore, and then just posing another potential theory, which is essentially speculation. So Luke, let you know, me- the, 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 the gray area of speculation and, and, and evidence, I think that's a slightly dangerous what, what, place to What to I'm nervous into. about, Luke, what, what scares me is that there's a group of people out there that I think are a lot like you that have basically come to the conclusion that whatever science says must be true. And when I, when I ask you this, um, the, the common belief is that we're traveling 66,000 miles per hour around the sun. And that's something that we all think has been scientifically proven. So it, at what number, if I told you if science came out tomorrow and said, actually, that number is 300,000 miles per hour, or 3 million miles per hour, or 3 billion, mm. at any point, would you stand up and question that? Or would you go along with it no matter what? If we found out it's three trillion miles tomorrow, we go we're tr- three trillion miles per hour. Would you question anything? Because none of it affects our I life. I don't really, so I don't could, really believe that everything that science says must be true. Um, I don't really. But it's been peer reviewed. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. No. But my point there is that um, you know there are scientists who who pose uh, certain. I know. I'm now talking about peer review again, which apparently you've just um, debunked. But you know, the, I don't think science presents things as being universally true. It's it's you know uh, things get the, the 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 version of events does get changed. Uh, but it's really about the quality of evidence that's being put along with it and. So what I'm calling to question is not the practical science, not the science that can be tested and peer-reviewed. I'm more talking uh, about things like the speed of the earth. If it can't be determined, then we are right. at the behest of science to go along with whatever they say. They tell us. Yeah, that- no, I totally see what you mean there. Because, I mean, you know, looking at, the, looking at gravity, for example, we still don't really know what gravity is. And uh, there are, you know, varying theories like Newton's theory has sort of been replaced by Einstein's theory. But there's, the jury is still out on what actually gravity is. Now, I get that. But the, I, the fallacy, I, I think, is that when you say, I don't really, we don't know what gravity is. And then, therefore, saying, well, um, then we can just kind of speculate on, well, on what on hang, what it is. You hang see? on, hang on. There, you, 
we don't know what gravity is, but we know what it isn't. We know that it, it doesn't work the way they explain it to us. And there are other experiments that can uh, defy gravity and then create attraction, electromagnetic experiments. You know, we have maglev trains. They're not anti-gravity trains. They're maglev trains. They are able to defy some sort of electromagnetism, if you ask me. Um, Jeremy was. I don't know. I think they operate uh, along the lines of electromagnetism. That's right. that's that's the whole basis of how they work. They're not defying it. They're actually using it. Right. And 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 I don't believe that they're defying gravity. I believe that they're literally defying electromagnetism. That that I would say that maglev trains are operating along the lines of how we understand gravity. That's how we invented them in the first place. You know, that it's not. No one is saying that they're defying gravity. I think everyone is saying that. They are operating. I'm saying along. they're not defying gravity. Right. Well, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So, so let's let's talk about. Jaron was talking about the speed uh, of the Earth traveling around the sun, and this is you know we're all indoctrinated in kindergarten um, of where we live, and we're never allowed to question it. And if we do, we're we're deemed morons and idiots. Um, do you know how fast the Earth is spinning at the equator? Supposedly, the heliocentric model. They say it's like about six hundred miles an hour or something. It's just over a thousand miles. Per hour, which is faster than the speed of sound. Okay, so we're spinning at a thousand miles per hour. While we're spinning, we're orbiting around the sun. And Jaron uh -huh. just told you that speed at 66,660 miles per hour. Is that right, Jaron? Yeah, 66,600, I think. Oh, okay, 66,600. Um, that is an incredible speed. I think it's like 88 times the speed of sound. But while we're orbiting around the sun, the sun is flying through the galaxy at 660,000 miles per hour. These speeds are unimaginable. You can't even think about it. There, and, and, and so every year we're traveling millions and millions of miles from where we were 365 days earlier, right? These yeah. are, this is what we're told. We're not allowed to question it. There's zero proof of it. And as a matter of fact, there's lots of proof that that's not happening. Yeah. And, and in fact, one thing that I wanted to quickly on that note point out when we were talking about peer reviews is – if, let's just imagine for a second, I'm an astrophysicist, I'm a college professor in astrophysics, and let's just say that one day I stumble upon some information, whether it be YouTube or outside doing an experiment, that makes me question all of this, right? And I start diving into it. And let's say I, I come to the conclusion that this isn't right, right? And, and it, oh my gosh, the light bulb goes off. It's, it's, it's not moving through space at 66,000 miles an hour. And I, I say, all right, well, I'm going to put this in a paper. And I, I'm going to submit this to my peers. You know, the, the repercussions of that are so You're huge. finished. Number one, I would have to be an open-minded enough person to ever even notice it to begin with, rather than what I've been taught, like, for, you know, what is it, eight to ten years post-high school. I've had that much education into their system. So I've got to be pretty open-minded to ignore everything that I've been taught and actually stumble upon this and give it a chance and research it. But then to come to that conclusion and raise my hand or submit a paper that basically renders every person in there's job useless and makes them the laughing stock of the world, what are the chances of that paper ever seeing the light of day? I don't know. I think that um, it's like the, every scientist's dream to discover something that no one else has, has realized, isn't it? Except yeah, this See, that's, that's something that we've been taught. That's something we've been told 
But when you're going to lose your job, for instance, Neil deGrasse Tyson, we know who he is, we know what he's about. If he determined that the earth was flat, if you really think that that is his dream, is to come out and call every one of his peers to basically admit that he's been standing in front of auditoriums for 20 years, talking to children for 20 years, proclaiming how smart he is for 20 years, he has to then admit first that he's been duped, that he is not smart enough to recognize this for the last 20 years. And then... And, and then if we think he's going to get rich off this because he's the first scientist to call out the flat earth, that it's, a, it's completely against human nature to admit that you've been wrong for 20 years and you've been lying to people. It's just something he couldn't uh, do. Well, I don't know. I think that it feels like you're putting the cart before the horse on this one, you know, um, just sort of the, the idea that it, you're saying all these things rather than actually the fact that is that it's it might be true. I mean, you know, like like you're saying that scientists are putting forth these ideas because they're protecting their reputations and because they don't want to kind of uh, that's not exactly you know, sort of rub people up the wrong way. Well, well, that's part of it, I suppose. Um, but well, you know, I mean, really, then these but, guys... but isn't it more reasonable that perhaps they actually believe it because they've you know they've this is based on the work of Absolutely. many people over over many 100%. generations that's why my dentist or used to uh, give everybody fluoride because they were taught by people that were taught by other people that taught them that uh-huh. fluoride is good for their teeth but now she knows right. better and they and they were wrong and they were and they they they've right. learned but you know there was a there was a time when it was the general consensus that the earth was flat and we've also moved on hey. from that so just talk on that for a second. We've known that the Earth has uh, been a ball for 500 years. We're told, right? That's what a bit uh, no longer okay. than that. Okay. So I think so- that that there are there's some evidence that goes back before sort of uh, the birth of Christ so, or you know BC. So here, here's a yeah. this is what we're told. I believe that most of our history is a lie. It's written by the rulers that want to control us. And we have found we found an article. Or Jay found an article from the year 1900 where they were persecuting teachers for teaching a heliocentrism that the Earth is a ball in 1900 in England, no doubt. Yeah, in England. Yeah, it's uh, from the Cook. What, yeah, this, what, this, this, this is uh, this is great. I'm glad you brought that up. This is the Cook County Herald. And it is from, uh, what year was it? 19, 1900, April 21st, okay? And the headline is, uh, says Earth is round, and he may be thrown into prison. And it's painful to read that Sir, it's painful to read that Sir John Gorse, the head of the British Educational Department, is in serious trouble and has been threatened by uh, Ebenezer Breach and other taxpayers with persecution under the Imposters Act. It seems that the schools have been in Portsmouth have been teaching the damnable and heretical doctrine that the earth is actually a sphere. Okay, so but this is an article saying it's painful to read this, right? That's what the opening lines of the, the opening words of the article are. The article is saying that it's painful that he was persecuted for teaching the, the uh, people that the earth is round. That that in itself the, the persecution is painful. So the article is not saying that the earth is, well, is flat, my, right? My point is no, no, no. My point no, is, is that the no. the debate is is was going on as recent and as the the newspapers in 1900 Oh yeah the debate's been going on you know uh, for 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 hundreds and hundreds of years but i mean the fact that the debate's been going on again is not proof that uh, the well, earth isn't and, round and the subheadline actually says that his intention was to teach false precepts so that would indicate that the going precept is that it Earth was flat because he was trying to. Yes, but I mean, come on, that that single article I don't think overwhelms all of the things we know about um, 
the the community in in 1900 in England you know at, you know the vast majority of accounts from that time tell us that people thought the earth was round right so that that single article that you've found, which again it. is questionable questionable in its tone i think doesn't prove that people that recently thought the earth was flat. well i think it and there may have been some pe- there may have been some people who were you know who who were the subject of that article but I, I, we all know that the the um you know that all the accounts of that time show that people generally thought the earth was round at that point. So how long do you think, Luke, when do you put that, you said that we've known for, what, a thousand years or 2,000, you said around Christ time? I don't know. I think it's been a gradual process. But, I, you know, there was that, uh, I mean, you must be aware of it. The, now, what is it? Uh, what was the name of the Aristosthenes experiment? Maybe? Aristotle. Yes, <laughs> the Aristosthenes experiment, which I'm sure that you've got an answer to. So well, let, let, me, answer, let me start on that one. Uh, go ahead, Darren, let, you Let first. me just ask real quick on the, on the Columbus idea. I mean, you have to remember that Columbus supposedly discovered that the Earth was round, but you're stating Yeah, 15- well, I don't... That's not true, though, isn't it? Is it? He didn't. He just um, was the first European to arrive in, in the Americas. So you think that just, 1,500 years went by and nobody got in a boat and sailed west? Hmm. Um, no, no, no. I think that plenty of people sailed west. You know, they say that the Vikings did it and, and other people probably. But, the you know, um, the narrative is, the, 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 narr- the dominant narrative is that Christopher Columbus discovered the Americas. Uh, but no, people had been there before, I think. I'd agree that that's the narrative. Yeah. So, Aristosthenes, Jaron. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to remember back then, they certainly didn't have the heliocentric belief, right? So they would have definitely believed that the sun is what went around them, correct? Um, I suppose. I don't know what they believed at that time, actually. I think there's there's more than one possibility, right? Don't they, don't you think? Sure. Like some some of them believed that the the sun was a, a deity, and I don't right. think it's just that the sun goes around the earth, or or uh, you, you know, it's not just two options it's not binary we don't know what they believed well there's really only two options either we go around the sun or the sun goes around us right uh well i don't know kind of like if you're sitting in a back seat of a car and you can only see right out the window and the car next to you appears to go backwards you don't know unless you feel the movement or someone tells you what's going on. you don't know if it's everyone's experienced this at one point or another am i moving or are they moving Right, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of let's if we can agree that that's probably where they were before extensive research was done. But I mean, it's not just it's hold on, it's not just uh, that we go around the sun or the sun goes around us because I've you know I've seen I mean you, I don't know if you agree with this idea I've seen the the the, the account that the Earth is a, this flat disc and that there the sun and the moon actually float above it so not around it but actually oh, that's floating what I mean. above it so that's a th- that's a third idea isn't it Oh that's what he means I think uh, above oh, okay. it but going around in in respect to where you're standing. I see. And okay. the, the Aristophanes experiment, the, the funniest thing about that is, even mathematically, that it can mean one of two things. Because what he basically saw was that a stick in one location had no shadow, and a stick in another location had a shadow. So that can either mean that there's a close local sun that's small, and you can do that into your house. You can go get a uh, two pieces of wood and put a light above them on your kitchen table, and if it's above one, there would be no shadow, but it would leave a shadow on the one close by. Yeah, Or yeah. It could mean that there's a gigantic sun that is so big and then that Uh the table that you're on is curved. So they call that proof of the curved Earth. But if the sun was small and if the sun was close, it would give the same exact results. And and the thing that I realized, that brings up a great point that I wanted to mention because when I was listening to your podcast, Luke, uh, when we talk about scientific proofs or proofs, concrete proofs of the globe – 
I was in the same boat. Like I, I could regurgitate the ships going over the rise and the Aristophanes thing way before I got into this. And in fact, it was my knee jerk reaction. Yeah. But what you quickly find is what was sold to us as a proof is simply an explanation. You know, in other words, if I, mm. if I, if I tell you, Hey, look, you can't see it, but this sign is red. Well, one explanation is that it's a stop sign, right? So, so if, if you don't believe that explanation, does that mean that any other explanation is also equally valid? No. Nope. No. What what, what are. So, so, then, so then the explanations that you're presenting, what, how do they have value over the, the dominant uh, version so, of events? So then? they tell us that you know, Carl Sagan burned it into our heads in Cosmos where he showed the Aristophanes experiment. And said this this only way this can happen is with a curved earth. But what he doesn't tell you is it works perfectly on a flat earth with a small um, close sun. Close so, light. So, okay. so they've they've told us, you know, hey, this is your only choice when there is another choice. And and the other choice is a lot makes a lot more sense if you really start doing measurements and and actually start thinking about it. The other thing about Aristophanes is one how did he uh, communicate with the person at the second location? Uh, you know, they didn't have cell phones. It was, uh, I don't know how many days, you know, pony ride it was. Um, how did they communicate to do the experiment? And the other weird thing about Aristophanes, and Jaron, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is there is no book that mentions Aristophanes until the, until the 1980s. And there's other books about other mathematicians that supposedly lived at the time Aristophanes lived. And never once ever mentioned him in any of their writings. It is our opinion that Aristophanes is a made-up story. It's a fairy tale. Okay, but but um, again, I think you're jumping to conclusions because. Okay, so yeah, go on, go on. Sorry. Let me let me answer that really quick because you asked, well, do you give equal weight to the other explanation, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like the Aristophanes thing. Well, it could be done one of two ways. Well, that doesn't mean you have to jump ship to the other explanation. So. I agree, because when I started this thing out, I started this out, I, I was a debater back in the day. And one thing that we were always taught was when we get a topic, we had to write a case for the affirmative and the negative. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really did a great job of, of uh, teaching you to explore both sides and, and ignore what you believe and just go by what you can uh, write down and make a case for and prove. Mm -hmm. So I did the same thing when I got into Flat Earth. And what I came across, what I realized all of a sudden, I thought this was going to be an open and shut case. But every topic that I would hit, whether it was the sun or uh, the shadows or satellites or whatever, what I found was like, wait a second, you know, it could be either one of these. So I didn't score it for the flat earth and just say, oh, well, look, there's another explanation. So let me give it to the flat earth. I went through this for a long, long period of time. And then you come across things like what Jeremy mentioned earlier, the fact that we can't measure any curvature in all of these different places and those are the ones that sway you because every other category ends up being a tie. It could be one or the other. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and no, then you I come do. across I, things like the I curvature do. and you go, holy crap, there is no. So, Luke, there's, there's three places where things can fall when you're talking about a globe earth or a flat earth. It's either works on a flat earth, works on a globe earth, or works on both. And what we're finding is nothing falls into the, just the globe earth. So the preponderance of evidence is really growing. If you have something, let us uh, let let's talk about it. Yeah, I've got a question. Um, so I, I heard uh, Jay. I think you were talking about the idea of uh, the sun setting, right? So um, I think what I heard you talking about was the idea that you know when you look up 
based on the, the, I guess, the flat Earth model, right? When you look up, the sun is a, a disc above you, um, a bit like when you're standing in a corridor in a hotel and the lights above you look like discs. And then as they get further away, so the idea that the sun is moving away um, across the Rather sky, than down. That, that it, that's your explanation of the sunset, that the sun is basically just moving away from us. But Well, it's an analogy to, to kind of show you that, yes, light yeah. can appear to be going down when in fact it is not going well, down. Well, I think that the analogy, well, in, just in my opinion, I feel like the analogy doesn't quite work because when you look at the lights going along the the ceiling uh, in a hotel um, hallway, right. um, the, the lights actually just get more and more thin, right? So what looks like a disc right above you, uh, a round circle, where as you look at the lights that go to the end of the corridor, those lights just end up essentially becoming a line. Okay. So, so now, now, but when you look at the sunset, you see the sun as a disc and it yep. continues to be a perfect, well, not perfectly round disc because it gets distorted and stuff by the atmosphere, I think. So, and then, and then, and then slowly from the bottom up, it, it, um, it disappears. So that based on that, the sun, the, on the flat earth model, the sun would have to uh, move away and also turn to face us as it's um, moving away. The Flat Earth Podcast. The Flat Earth Conference 2017 takes place this November from Raleigh, North Carolina. Tickets are sold out right now, but visit their website and get on the waiting list. Or just head down. There's lots of people heading down to uh, an adjacent hotel where they'll be live streaming in an auditorium and lots of uh, outside stuff happening. A big, uh, big Flat Earth hangout. And if you want to contribute to the massive Flat Earth billboard that's going up down in Raleigh, North Carolina, head over to the website, flatearthpodcast.com, click on the link that sends you over to the billboard campaign. The billboard is 14 feet tall by 48 feet wide. It'll be the biggest Flat Earth billboard to date. It'll be running for a month up before the con- before the conference and ending the Sunday after the conference. Head over to fe2017.com now. The Flat Earth Podcast. And if you are coming down to the Flat Earth Conference in November, on Wednesday, the day before, we're going to be kicking off the conference with a gathering at the Flat Earth Billboard, which is just two and a half miles from the conference center. We're going to have hundreds of people there. We're going to have a drone up filming us. We're going to be live streaming it to all of the different media across the plane. And we'll be interviewing people during it um, that'll be going out over the live stream. Be part of that. You don't even have to have a ticket to the show. Just join us. And uh, listen for more information here on the Flat Earth Podcast. The Flat Earth Podcast. So, so Luke, I'm going to jump in here, and uh, I don't know how far we can take this one because the 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 sun, whether it's a physical object or not, is a, is a much longer discussion, and you really need some visuals. But we don't believe that the sun is a flat disk or that it is a physical object. Um, there is more and more wow. evidence appearing that the sun is literally um, we see it relative to our own position. And there's a, a lot of information out there showing how this happens, how how it works, and um, it's really difficult to just discuss on an audio only podcast. Sure, but I mean the idea that the sun is a uh, is not a physical object, so it's what is it then? It's like a reflection, and it's a reflection. The yeah. way yeah. that okay. the way that works is just like if you're standing at the beach, you could have a hundred people on the beach, and they're each a hundred yards apart from each other all looking at the sunset, and there would be a reflection that goes to each of their feet. And each of them could only see that reflection. 
so would you consider that real? If I'm standing over here, I cannot see the reflection going to anybody else's feet, but they all see it go to their feet, correct? Um, you mean the ref- a reflection in the water? Yeah. Yes. Correct. And, it's, the, the, it, 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 and it appears to stretch from the sun out to below your feet. Correct. correct. Right. Have you ever witnessed that? The the sort of um, a reflection appearing to come in a line from the sun straight yes. towards me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have. And, yeah. and by the way, that only works on a flat surface. If the if the water was curved, it would show up as a spot on the water, not a long line. But that no, I don't know. I think if if the curvature is very, um, if the great, you know, if it's slight, yeah. So there, then it can appear as a there's line. Pictures surely. of it going miles over miles, and you know, you can do experiments where you have a reflective surface and a light, and as soon as you bend that surface that line disappears but that, i think that's i a, think i think it that's another a whole a whole nother topic i think it just looks like a line but if you allowed that line to extend it would eventually curve off at the end well i think the point though that dave was trying to make was the fact that that line to to you the observer looks to be 100 real it mm-hmm. looks like the water is lit up in that area i, I but if if you go over you know, 50, 50 yards over and you stand on that beach, then the line is now over there at that person's feet. And, yeah. you know, the sun being a reflection, I had an interesting experience recently. I was at, uh, um, I was out in Las Vegas and I was at a pool and the sun was setting off to my right, but the building to my left was a mirrored building and the sun was reflecting in that. And I could almost equally feel the heat on both sides coming at me. And it was just yeah, a reflection. But, it was amazing. Yes, but that's just because the reflective nature of that building was so good I know. So that there's it a, literally reflected it back onto yeah, you. There's a, so yeah, we, much like the moon is, is so reflective that it can light up your backyard, but we feel no heat. Uh. Uh, I'd run that by me again. <laughs> Jumping. Go ahead, Jay. I, I mean, that was my first reaction whenever whenever Dave sent me that picture. He sent me a picture of the, the sun on his right and the the reflection of the sun on his left on the building. And he was talking about the heat coming from both yeah. both uh, things. And I said, yeah, well, what about the moon? I was, you know, tongue in cheek. I was saying, how is it that the moon is is that reflective? It's, it becomes so bright that it lights up your backyard at night, right? It could be a lot more reflective, could, though, couldn't it? Why? Well, that d- duddy. Well, from two hundred. I mean, you, you can look at it away. when when the moon is is uh, full. You can look at it for any length of time. You don't have to squint. You don't need glasses. It's not as reflective as it could be. I mean, if it was made, oh, no, uh, if it was made, not. if it was made of like a mirror type material, then yeah, we'd feel a lot more heat, and we'd see a lot more imagine, light from it. Imagine taking the, a glass building that the uh, the sun is reflecting off of that Dave was referring to, and putting it two hundred and forty thousand miles away. Uh-huh. That's what they've done with the moon. The moon is two hundred and forty thousand miles away. To say to say it could be brighter, well, of course it could be brighter, but I'd mm. say it's pretty darn bright to light up your backyard from two hundred and forty thousand miles away, and yet. Yeah. All heat is disappearing. I mean, it's gone. You don't yeah. feel any heat from that. Yeah. I just find that one of those things like, wait a second. It's just the, isn't it just the question of distance that the heat is, just doesn't make it? The light makes it, but the heat doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see a paper on that one. I don't know. I would too. A peer review paper. I, I haven't found that yet. <laughs> hey, let's, um, let's jump to um, you know, visibility and distances on, on a couple things. You okay with that? Sure. Okay. So- so, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. So, uh, I, and I've used this analogy before, um, and I'm going to use it again right now. You know, we're told that the the sun is like one of those big gym balls, one of those big yoga balls, and the earth is a pebble next to it, 
right? Okay. And so just imagine you're on that pebble and that gym ball is an inch over the pebble and you're looking up at it. All you see is the entire sky is filled with the sun, correct? Um, well, if you're that close to it. If you're I mean, that like close to Mercury. it, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, like, like I'm talking it's 100 feet over your head. So all you can see from, her, you know, just end to end is sun because you're a tiny little speck right next to it. Everybody agrees with that in the heliocentric model, correct? Well, wait a minute. I don't know. I don't think so. I think the sun is further enough, far enough no, away no, no, from no. us. No, no, no. I'm talking about just let's move the sun literally oh, okay. a half a mile yeah. over your head. It's going right, to fill so the entire sky. Let's say we're right next to the sun and we're really close to it. It's going to fill the sky. It's going to yeah. fill the okay. sky. So now we're yeah. going to move it uh, 93 million miles away where heliocentrists say it is. And it goes from the entire sky to the size of a dime held at arm's length. You with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, – and that's about – it takes light about eight minutes to travel that distance. If you doubled that distance, and remember, it just went from the entire sky to the size of a dime. If you doubled that distance, it's going to get really small. Are you going to be able to see it? Mm, I'm not sure about the logic of the perspective here because is it – equal because perspective by its nature gets smaller exponentially if it doesn't necessarily going to be half the size so so let's you know say I mean? it just get a tiny bit smaller but that if we if we went eight times the distance that's a light hour okay meanwhile they're telling us that there's stars out there that are light years away not hours not days not weeks i mean the diff the distances are are ridiculous. Although they tell us the way the sun from Pluto looks like a star. It's so small away. It looks like a bright star. It's so small away. And that's just yeah. from Pluto. Yeah. Right? Right. And, and meanwhile, and Pluto is like very the closest small. star to us is four light years away. And we're talking about how ridiculous a light hour is or even a light 15 minutes. It doesn't make any sense. But the light does travel. It does travel that far. I mean, it, I know that? it's so. Oh well, it, someone, yeah, right? someone else. Yeah. So we, we have there's lots of videos, and I encourage you, um, you know, to start off. You can check out my channel. All my videos are under five minutes, um, and there's there's a lot of video of the sun traveling away, and it takes its light with us, with it. You can watch the light follow the sun. So if can I just ask you? A, I guess it's a theoretical question. If you are in space and a star is like you know four light years away um and uh, what is what is preventing the light from from reaching you it, it, you know if if distance is a, is an issue so um, there's a thing what's called prevent the, in space the inverse square law um jaron explain the inverse square law to him so i don't screw it up <laughs> uh, well, it, yeah it goes with like a uh, brightness of a light would um if you go half the distance, it increases uh, four times. Um, if you go half the distance, oh, okay. If you if you go fifty percent towards it, right? So it, it so increases four times. So we're looking at the full moon. It's bright enough to cast a shadow. We see the moon. If you go half the distance to the moon, it's now four times as bright. Four times bright. Right. Okay. And so, Jared, but does that mean does that mean that if you keep going away from it, that eventually that number will reach zero? If you keep going away, see from what it? I mean. Like if if you if, like if, you, if you double if, your uh, distance, let me explain that. Let me explain that. If you're standing at a point between, you know, if you're standing somewhere and you go fifty percent 
um, of the way towards the light source, the light gets four times brighter, right? That's what you said. Correct. What right, happens if, if you, you go in the... the what, was it yeah, double? if you double the distance, it'll you'll divide by four. Correct. So if okay. we if we okay. go okay. If we now, put the moon uh, twice the distance from us, if we put the moon at five hundred thousand miles away, mm -hmm. then its its brightness is now going to decrease. You're going to have to divide by four to get the new brightness. Correct. Okay, but what if it's an odd number? <laughs> what do you mean an odd? Number? I mean like <laughs> like like let's say we're five um, units away from the light source. Okay. And we, we go another five units away from the light source. Uh, let's say the light source is um, 17, right? Just to pick an odd number out of, out of nowhere. Let's say the light source is 17 in terms of its intensity and you move away. Oh, I can't even do the bloody maths on that, to be honest. Well, you move away. Listen, you double point, your what, what I'm saying, can I, can I, I'll try and explain it in another way, right? Okay. So it, it is possible to go, to keep dividing a number and dividing it and dividing it and never reaching zero. That's how, um, that is, that's how fractions uh, often work. That's how recurring so, so, numbers can work. So, so I'm, my point is that you can keep going away from a light source and, and the light will always get to you. So you think that the moon? You think the moon can be seen from other stars? Mm, I was about to say. Depends, <laughs> doesn't it? Depends on on the uh, the the thing that's looking. I mean, our eyes probably can't because we're not capable of reading that much light. But I mean, if if it's a very light sensitive device, then probably yes. Well, that's what we're talking about, though, is our eyes looking at stars. I mean, twenty five oh. trillion miles is what. I mean, Luke, you need to go outside tonight. Look at the stars and think to yourself that somebody's telling you that the closest star is 25 trillion miles away, and you know a trillion seconds, which seems like a ton. Is Wait, let him guess. Let him guess. How okay, how, how long, long a trillion is seconds? one trillion seconds? How long is one trillion seconds? Yeah, how long? What? How long in seconds? How long it's in time? No, how long in time? Like hours? A trillion? Days, a trillion days, seconds? Whatever, whatever you want to me measure it in any unit you want. Yeah, how, how long do you think that long is? is a trillion seconds? How long is it? Well, if can I divide it by no, uh, sixty and turn with, it into minutes? Without you can turn it yeah, into minutes, hours, but don't use a calculator. Just take a <sighs> guess. Is it just is a it guess? A year? Is it ten years? Is it? Is it oh five no! Days? I, it's it's a long time. I, I, it's really it's even longer than this episode of the podcast. So how long <laughs> is it? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think it's probably about. Um, uh, oh, I don't know. I've I've got no idea. Come on, it's, it's a really long time. It's thirty-one thousand years. Okay, that's how long it. What? That's, that's how, long... how long one trillion seconds is, and the closest star is twenty-five trillion is, miles. No, no, it's is it twenty-five trillion miles? It's twenty-five. Yeah. Trillion. trillion miles. So if you can go, I can't even do the math. Twenty-five trillion miles. If you can go a mile every second, it would. It, it, I don't know. <laughs> it would. It would take you six hundred thousand years. Would, yeah, it's really far away. Right. Yeah, and, you, and you believe that you can see a light that that keeps getting div divided by four when you half the distance. It would be. It would be nothing left. This and is not just this that Luke can see it. No, I, I, I don't know. I just I, I thought we just established that it's possible for a number to keep being divided and yet never reach zero. Oh, it'll we? never reach zero. But when, let, let's right. say let's say we we can determine the number of lumens that the sun is. As you keep dividing by four, it's going to go down to less than one lumen, and you're not going to be able to see it in no time. But is flat. it ever going to is it ever going to reach zero? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't matter. No, I'll say this. No, it'll reach zero point zero zero zero. Zero 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 one, and at that point, your eyes can't see it. 
Yeah. Okay. So right. Well, that's a problem with our eyes. That's not a problem with light traveling through well, space. Sure, it is. A good example is Pluto. You know, when they first discovered Pluto, the guy used a little bitty, small, little uh, circular piece of glass, uh, quote unquote, a lens. Looked through it, identifies Pluto. What people don't realize is that Pluto. Now, remember what Dave was saying about how the sun it, it becomes the size of a dime, right? Because uh -huh. it's ninety-three million miles away. But that thing is supposedly 900,000 miles wide. Pluto, I mean, people don't get it. Pluto is only 15, 1,470 miles wide. Okay. And it's like, how many billions? It's like 4 billion miles away. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's the only reason we, in our brains, we find this at all acceptable and go, well, yeah, light travel is because we were told so. Luke, there, you know, <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, uh, but you're telling me uh, the other version of events. So like, you know, I can just choose, <laughs> so, right? So here's well, no, what we're telling you. I was going to say, we're telling you to do the research because, you know, Dave says it best all the time is anybody who believes us is a, is a fool. What we're trying to say is that you need to question the things that we were all just taught were facts because the more we're looking into them, just by our own research, we're discovering that they're not. And we just think everyone should have that opportunity because we weren't ever told that we that we should look into things. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I think that's, you know, a perfectly valid thing to do. It's a, you know, it's a, a decent thing to to propose that you just want to give the people the chance to look into things themselves. That's um, that's to me, that's another one of the massive pieces of circumstantial evidence that I came across very early on was when you really look at this stuff. And then you look at how our education system all over the world is designed. It's, it's, it's very tempting to say that this was designed this way intentionally because we are taught these crazy, absurd theories at such an age when we are not old enough to think critically. Okay. All right. And by the time we're able to think critically for someone to say anything but it's a spinning ball floating through space with a magic force of gravity holding us all together and we somehow never feel it because we're the size of an ant and blah, 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 is yeah. just yeah. ludicrous to us. We laugh at it and go, flat earth, ha, huh, because we've been told since we were four by everyone else in our lives in, in all these positions of authorities, every teacher, every mom, every dad told us that this is correct. Look, I think that the, the thing, can I just say yep. this one thing? The, the thing I feel here is that it's really a question of how do we decide what is true and what's not true? And it turns out it's really hard to to establish the truth sometimes, right. isn't so it? There is a lot do of I think that's what this is all about. We shouldn't teach children yeah. in first grade a fundamental truth unless when they get old enough to look back and go looking for the evidence that the evidence is there. That's the problem. Right. And my, the one question that I ask so many people is, and this is very circumstantial again, but it's very telling. The one question I ask people in discussing this is how come, I mean, we can all admit that let's, uh, you know, let's say Aristosthenes thought it was round, but it just didn't take. And for 1500 years after that, they were still going flat. So we can all admit that it was going back and forth, even as recent as 1900. But the very fact that we can all agree on, I think, is that the only way to quote unquote prove which thing that we observe is correct was when in 1969, we supposedly left and went to the moon. That is the only way to verify. Well, the Russians get sent, off the earth the Russian, and look. The Russians sent satellites into orbit before. Uh, so hang on. Right. Hang on. Okay, wait, so, wait. Don't jump down that rabbit hole yet. <laughs> okay. Well, wait, wait, let me just take that. No, that's fine. Yeah. So, so let's just, okay. So let's go to 58 or whatever Sputnik was. Let's just say that could physically verify which theory was true. Okay, great. We finally figured out it is round because it's orbiting. Let's just go with that. Then how come for 300 to 400 years prior, 
science books in the schools taught mm. which one was a fact without being able to prove it. Like, uh, why were the kids in 1700 taught, not it's a theory that it's round, but taught that it is a fact that it's round. And those ancient people, just like we were taught, those ancient people thought it was flat. <laughs> They'd fall off the edge. Those so, crazy- so, but the, the point there is that um, because children have been taught the wrong information in the past, because we have been wrong in the past, it's not necessarily logical that we are now wrong. You know, because it has happened doesn't mean when, that it's happening we're not, now. We're not saying no, that. No, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. We're not saying that at I, all. One of the things that you said in your podcast, it says, uh, once you believe in a, you know, you're talking about people that are, are flat earthers. Once you fall into a belief, it's really hard to change that belief. Yeah. And I actually yeah. absolutely agree. And that's because we've been indoctrinated that we live on a ball since since birth. And it's really hard to change that agrees, that, 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 that thought pattern or, or that belief. Sorry. Um, yeah. And that's exactly what you were saying, but you're not realizing that's the heliocentric belief that people are in. Yeah. So wait, getting yeah. the, getting back to the stars and the moon and the distance. So do you know uh, how the, about the angular resolution of your eye limit? Well, what that means is when you when you look at let's say you're looking at something uh, that goes from your left side to your right side, uh, you see in a circle. And that's covering 180 degrees of that circle. You have no problem seeing it. You look all around. As that thing moves away, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. You agree with that? Okay. Once it gets down to a size that is 0.02 of one degree, it's too small for your eye to resolve it. You can look this up, do experiments, find out that that is true. The human eye cannot see something that is 0.02 of a degree. It's just too small for us to see. So whether it's close to you or far away at 0.2, 0.02 degrees, you can't see it. On the moon, there's a crater, um, Jaron probably knows the name of it, that is about 40 miles wide. And if you do the math up to 238,000 miles away, uh, there's no way that you can see it. But we can see that crater with our naked with eye. With a naked eye, yeah. yeah. Who told you it was 40 miles wide? Uh, NASA. Science. Oh, and you believe them? Oh, very good. Yeah, very good. No, I thought you didn't believe them. No, no. I'm, what I'm pointing out is if, if you believe in heliocentrism and in NASA, this is what they're telling you. And I'm just showing you that, you know, if, if somebody close to you in your life lied to you a thousand times and you caught them a thousand times, are you going to trust anything they say? No. It depends not. on if they cook well. <laughs> it depends on if they cook ah. well and have big boobs, right? Exactly. None of my taste. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know, guys. I, I think that it's it's a fascinating conversation. I, I could easily listen to you talk about it uh, for ages. I could easily continue sort of, uh, you know, talking to you about it. What, what? I mean, I've got some other things. I've got other questions. I, I do sure. have to have my dinner, but um, I'd love ah. to keep talking to you. Um, let's see. What else do I have? I mean, I think you've probably got an answer for all of these things, but I, I still... It's those no, uh, pesky flat earthers have an answer for everything. <laughs> hey, just, by the way... Just, I, you know, I totally appreciate the, the way in which you go about what you do. And I feel, personally, I feel like very welcomed on your podcast, even though, you know, I admit I did say that I thought the flat earth ideas were ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend It was your accent. No, that's okay. That's okay. Hey, here... Uh, but, but, yeah. So you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I get... I, I like the fact that 
that uh, you, you're putting your ideas out there and you're, you're not being sort of uh, intrusive or aggressive about it. That's cool. One of the things that, that you uh, laughed at was that Flat Earthers believe there's an anti-moon during the eclipse and, and you laughed pretty hard at that. And that, that's uh, fully understandable. I don't hold it against you. But there's been many lunar eclipses where you can see the sun and the moon well above opposite horizons at the same time. And that rules out that it's the Earth making the shadow, if that's what it is, on the moon. And when that shadow does come in, it doesn't come in from the bottom. It comes in from the top, which also rules out that it's the moon, that the Earth is making that shadow. So, so, okay. I'm not telling you what's causing that shadow or what's causing the moon to get dark. I'm just saying it's not the Earth, and we can prove that. Sure. Okay, then. And and before we let you get to your dinner, Luke, I, I want to say this. Do, do us the favor of, you know, in your spare time, when you get a chance, look into this and try to come up with, because we established earlier in the show that a proof, you know, what we've been fed these things as proofs, but when in fact they're explanations and there there is another explanation that would would equally fit right? Challenge yourself to find just one, not thousands, but just one proof of the globe that rules out everything else. One that you can get behind, one that you can stand behind. And this is a proof of the globe. Can we, uh, before you, before you go eat your delicious dinner, Uh hopefully a beautiful woman is cooked for you. Oh, definitely. um, Is, is uh, you said uh, satellites uh, don't work on a flat earth. And uh, Mm. we agree with you a hundred percent. Um, here's a qu- here's a challenge for you. Um, do you own a flash drive? Uh, you you know a little pocket flash drive? Yeah, I do. Yeah. What's the what's the biggest one you own? What's the biggest I've got amount of space? A 32, on it? 32 right. gigabyte one. Yeah. If I uh, if I gave you one half that size and said this is your entire hard drive, do you think you could send somebody to the moon and back with that amount of computing power? <laughs> yeah, yeah, po- possibly. Well, me personally, yeah. I don't think so, but uh, I yeah, think it's so, po- I think it's possible. So, yeah. So from uh, Jaron, do I have these timelines? Right, where the first satellite went into space, and 15 years later, we've successfully did six moon uh, moon trips. Correct. In 15 years, it's 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 nonsense. It's absolute and other nonsense. Yeah, but again, again, uh, you might like even if we proved that they didn't go to the moon. That doesn't necessarily disprove that the Earth is is round because oh, they're too. Two, they're two I, I, I agree. Things, I, I agree. Should call it into question. Sure. Sure, yeah, it does, yeah. Because if you look at it this way, Luke, that we, we only, I think, think that it's even possible to live on a ball because in the back of our minds, we know people went to the moon. It's, it's indoctrinated to you at such a young age that you accept the idea of people living on a ball because you saw people go to the ball in the sky. If you erase that from children's memories and try and bring them up without that idea, I bet you they would have a harder time understanding where they live. Um, so if you took away the idea that we live on a ball f- uh, from children, that they wouldn't understand... No, if you no, took no, no. away the idea that... that they take away the, moon, away the moon landing. Yeah, that they landed and walked on the moon, then it would be hard to believe that we live on a ball. All right, so the idea being that they, they fake the moon landings in order to convince the people of Earth that we live on a ball. Okay, so what's the... So what is the... Just slam the door shut. We're now going to go down the rabbit hole of, of the conspiracy, which is that there are people keeping information from us. Who are those people exactly? Can you, can you tell me? Like, for example, I've got a list... I've got a list of, of people. I want you to tell me if they're in on it or they're not in on it. All right. So the NASA, I think you believe they're they're in on the conspiracy. Is that right? Who? Very who few NASA? of them. Some of them. Okay. Do you, who in the in the organization? Uh, for example, what about Jim Bridenstine, the guy who Trump would like to be the new director of NASA? Do you think he's in on it? 
he would have to be. I don't know, Jim. Uh, but yeah, I would say if he ever gets to that position, he'd have to be. Okay. Um, what about uh, the U.S. government? So that includes uh, the president uh, and the members of the Senate well, let, and the let House Jaren of Representatives. Let Jaron answer this one. Jaron, does, does, uh, does Trump know the earth is flat? I don't think so. I don't either. Okay. I don't think any congressmen or, okay. or senators do. I don't think any – if the president knows, that would be – it would be a part of national security and, and no, no senator or anything like that would know. Because they're the ones okay. giving money. How do you know? How do you know if he knows or not? We don't. We don't. We're so just, just speculation. Yeah, just spec- yeah. right. Okay, right. Well, if we're playing the speculation game, let's go for it. I mean, what about um, um, Edward Snowden? Does he know? No. Ed- Edward Snowden works for a a complete front organization. If you look up the his company, um, it, it's it's a it's a fake. It's it's it, their web. Jaron, you found that stuff on their website where it's just rubber stamped. I mean, it's it's a fake company. I'm sure they do some real stuff, but he he is a. a Wait, plant. if they do real stuff, that's not a fake company. Well, well, <laughs> if they do real stuff, that's I mean, not I'm fake. Sure they, I'm sure there's some people. You can say that about NASA. They, they they do some real stuff. They created you know Velcro on memory foam, but they're not putting people in space. So are they a real company? Right. right. Well, if they well they're they're making real memory foam. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if they if if they're putting people in space or not. Um I I don't know. That's all I that's all I can say. I can't say that they're not um I I kind of believe they are, but uh, I'm sort of willing to 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 entertain the idea that they're not. I'm not just going to say no. There's no way. It's NASA, man. They, of course, they they're sending people into space. Yeah, I th- I'd like to think that I'm I'm sort of rational enough and uh, critical minded enough to 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 entertain the idea that people are lying. In fact, because I know for a fact that governments lie to people. They do daily. Uh, they, and there's there's history of it uh, throughout the years. But that again is not necessarily proof. That this particular lie is, question is happening. For you, question for you, Luke. You're in England, uh, and we're spread across the United States here. Do you think uh, this sound that we're speaking back and forth to each other is going up into outer space, bouncing off of satellites, and connecting us in real time? I don't know. I think there's there's a few different ways that the internet works, isn't there? It, it, a lot of it goes through fiber optics, undersea cables. There, there's a whole right. network. You could look it up okay. online. Yeah, but I mean, I think that uh, that like. Um, I don't know. Just because just because fiber optics exist and there are cables that go into the ocean doesn't mean that the satellites aren't aren't operating. You know, I think the evidence of the fiber optics doesn't discount so, the existence of satellites. So hang on, there is solid evidence, photos, uh, personal experiences, everything that fiber optic uh, optic cables cross the oceans. We can all yeah. agree on that. All right, just like yeah, yeah. Australia, I've you may have never been there, but we know it's there. Um, but what evidence do you have that there's satellites in space? There's no pictures. There's nothing. There's just stories. I think I've seen satellites. You, you think so, but uh, you've seen lights in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen lights in the sky. I mean, you're going to tell me that they're planes or something, but nope, uh, I think they're satellites. <laughs> no. So when I've, when I, you know, I, I remember many times on holiday lying on, on the ground, looking up at the night sky for a long time. Do it all the time. And yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and you see uh, every now and then you see a, ti- a tiny little dot 
that is moving. It's not a um, a falling star it's or moving very or fast. It's, it's moving. It could be moving fast. I mean, depending on you know if you're looking at bino- through binoculars or something. But it looks like a little star, and it's gradually moving across the sky. And so, okay, so what, what's that? So, if it's not so a satellite? let's talk about angular resolution again. Assume you know, <laughs> assuming that that they're uh, you know how high are satellites, Sharon? I know the space station is two hundred fifty miles, miles up. up. So it, let's let's assume they're that height. If they were the size of a bus, which they're not, they'd be impossible to see. Think about a 747 on the ground. You're standing under it. It's gigantic. Move it up to f- cruising altitude of five miles. It's now the size of the tip of your little finger held at arm's length. Okay. Double that distance, and it's going to vanish one into the sky just because there's so much atmosphere in between you and it, and its angular resolution will be tiny. But the space station and the satellites are fifty times higher, and they are yeah, nowhere also, the size of a of a of a seven forty seven. They are also. I mean, as you're looking at seven forty seven, it's on. You know, what's the background? I mean, the the point is that the, a star is um, the backdrop of that star is total darkness. I mean, the the, the most uh, dark that you can ever get. And as a result of that, the contrast between the reflection of the sun's light off this uh, object and the total darkness of space, um, those, I think, are conditions in which you can get the reflection of a satellite even when it's that far away. And comparing it to the conditions of looking at something from a great distance on Earth is not the same because it's about the contrast between... what's amazing is that we're taught that it's reflecting light and yet it's night. So it's on the dark side of the sun... And yet it's I've done it on the dark somehow. side of the earth, right? It's only 250 miles above Earth, which is 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 close relative. And I, you see them at midnight. You see them go from horizon to horizon, and they never go through the shadow of the Earth. It's, I've never seen one go from horizon to horizon. I have to say, I, I've seen them go pretty far, you know. But it's hard to see them when they're really low because you're looking through so much atmosphere. But when they come into view, they 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 travel a tremendous distance, and and you follow them, but. When they're directly above you at midnight, you shouldn't be able to see them. But that's where I see them the best. Hey, one and thing I want to point. Oh, go ahead, Jared. I just was going to point out that we have to remember too that even with as much information as Luke has now, none of us believed this with that little of information. So I'm just pointing that out that that it took us months and months of research to come to this conclusion. So I just think it's important to remember that with the limited amount of information that he's gotten from us, we shouldn't expect him to. No, the the purpose is that I was actually going to say something about that. If you believe that the Earth is flat, then you're not half as smart as I thought you are. Um, but what we're hoping is that you will start to look into it. Yeah. And um, you know, a great channel if you you know for feature length stuff. Jaron put out a four and a half hour video today, which I got sucked into. Um, Jaron's channel, which is called Jaronism, my channel, as I said, has really short stuff. D I T R H stands for Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole, and just start watching some of those. There's okay. there's tons of other great channels. I, um, actually, I've already started. I, I was watching some of your your yeah. videos, Dave, and um, I okay. also watched the Twenty One Questions video. Um, so I've I have already started actually. Oh, so good. you know, yeah, I'll continue watching watching those things, um, and let's see, let's see what happens if if I'm convinced. Then I don't know. Can I can I just ask you one final question, please? Uh, you've probably dealt with it before. Let's see. So uh, the Foucault uh, pendulum. You know you, you know about it. Go ahead, Jaron. 
<laughs> do you, do, can I can I just give my version of, of what it is? So uh, I think you guys know, but just in case your listeners haven't heard of it, I mean, they probably have. But um, so a, a, a huge, extremely long, uh, a very thin wire cable uh, suspended from um, a high point, suspended in a way where it can swing in any direction. It's not sort of guided to swing in any particular direction. Very long cable with a, um, a extremely heavy weight at the end. And you set it to swing. You... Um, just let it drop. You set it to swing. On the ground, there are these skittles arranged. And over time, that pendulum will it change its trajectory as it swings, knocking over different skittles. And the, the idea is that this, this shows that the earth is um, revolving and that... Um, uh, that's why it's not that the pendulum swings uh, changes its swing, but the actual Earth uh, moves um, around the swing of the pendulum, affecting its trajectory. What do you think about that one? Well, in, in every one of those, there's a mechanism that keeps the pendulum swinging, or, uh, or else there'd be perpetual motion. So that's one. Is thing. it? Is there? Is there for sure? Yes. Because I mean, isn't it just that the the difference between a very heavy weight and extremely long and thin cable means that it takes a good deal of time for that to stop swinging, just well, because of the the difference? So, in, in order for them all to keep swinging, they all have mechanisms in, in, included. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's just. The, I mean, if there was a mechanism, that would completely invalidate the entire thing. I don't a- think there is a mechanism. Amen to saying that. So, if you go look at it, you'll see that every one of them has a mechanism, and then you can discount it, like I do. But also, if you look it up, and so even wait a minute, ask, you've 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 checked all of them? No, not all of them. How would I how would I check all of? them? I don't know. I, that, I'm asking you. I mean, you're you're saying that they all have mechanisms in them. All the ones that he's checked. Well, ah. and, and a good majority of them, especially the ones in these big um, science centers or museums. But on top of that, NASA's even admitted that there's an anomaly that happens with them at the eclipses that causes the the uh, pendulum to start swinging the other way. Um, so it, it can't possibly be because of the spin of the Earth, or else we're changing our direction of spin at, at eclipses. So there's another force, and you can call that the uh, electromagnetic force that's happening between the sun and the moon as they orbit around us or above us. Whatever is going on is causing the pendulum to swing like that, but it is not proof of the Earth spinning, or else we change our spin direction uh, every eclipse. Mm, yeah. All right. So, so <laughs> isn't it possible for the? Is, I mean, I hadn't heard that. I don't. I mean, I. I you say that? Wait, wait. You say that NASA admitted it. Um, they just admitted that. Yeah. Like, it, did, it, did it, they did they present it as 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 if they were admitting it? Like, sorry guys, you know, we totally lied no, about this one. No, they just um, said it's an anomaly, and th- and that's it. You know, the other. All right. Thing so is it's an anomaly, and then, fo- wait a minute. An anomaly means it's just a thing that they that they haven't ex- been able to really account for. It doesn't. Anomaly is is by nature something that we can't okay, really explain. Okay, but you can't if if you're going to say that the pendulum is proof of the Earth spinning, then the fact that the pendulum has the anomaly of switching direction at eclipses yeah and it can't be because the earth is spinning right you need to solve that anomaly before you say that it's a a, a clear and decisive uh, result of the earth's spin and the other thing is wouldn't planes uh be affected by this if the, if it's going to affect the pendulum wouldn't planes go off course and uh, no what no no because planes of um are they take it into it they take it into account surely <laughs> they do with the with the anti uh because they, because they can see the ground, you know. So they. Uh, <laughs> see, but actually, you know, actually, science says that the uh, planes don't because they don't have to because they spin along with the Earth. 
Oh, right. Because so, the atmosphere but the is spinning pendulum, too. Yeah, but the full called pendulum supposedly just breaks the spell of the mm. earth and, and does its own thing. Yeah. And by the way, it's called the a- alias effect, or I'm, I'm probably not saying it. It's uh, A-L-L-A-I-S. Can I, just, can I just, yeah, I see that. Um, um, so wait a minute. If the pendulums have all got a, a, a motor that keeps them swinging, why do they change during an eclipse? The eclipse affects the motor? No, I said it keeps them spinning so that they never stop, because otherwise that would be perfect. But, I mean, it keeps how them swinging, how not it spinning. Keep, it keeps them swinging. Keeps swinging. Yeah, yeah, swinging, so swinging, is, yeah. But, right. but, but if there's a motor that's keeping it swinging, I mean, it has to swing it in a certain direction so if there's a motor. So what if the right? sun and the moon were um, elect, you know, one was a, a, an anode and one is a diode, and it's an electrical system that we're in, and that is the force that is making it rotate? Well, what if? Yeah, what if? I yeah. mean, it, it's an experiment that can you can do stuff with electricity to show that it will have forces. Um, but I'm, but I still haven't had a, an answer to the idea that it's a, a mechanism that's keeping it swinging. Because if there's a mechanism that's keeping it swinging, then then the the swing is only going to be affected by the mechanism and not by the you know other forces that we're talking about. So I think I think if no, you the, say the that there's a mechanism just, that's keeping it swinging in a certain direction, or you say keeping it swinging, but it's going to have. I didn't well, say that. How is it keeping it swinging without it being forced in a certain direction? Because it's a sort of motor that allows it to run how, continuously how, rather how? than to have its motion dampened yeah, by air resistance. I know, but um, in in order for a mechanism to make something swing, it has to push it in a certain way, doesn't it? Because the way it works is you just let it go. Yeah, so why don't wrecking balls and then it swings do that of its own construction accord. site? You know, if I go up to a wrecking ball and I, uh, I pull it backwards and I um, let it go. No, because mech- wrecking balls, because wrecking balls well, have no, a mechanism that swing them in a certain direction. No, no, but I'm talking about one that's free to go in any direction. direction. If I go up to it and I pull it backwards and I let it go, you think that thing's going to start spinning with the earth, of the, the spin of the earth? <laughs> Jay, I, I'm going to. Well, it's it's a very gradual yeah, it's a, process. It's a short, it's a short <laughs> thing that doesn't count, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> it would be quite cool though. Like, yeah, what? Oh, we missed again. That damn earth. Coriolis effect. No, no, I, I don't mean I, I don't mean it's going to miss yeah. buildings. I'm saying, all right, just look, take look, the building out of the equation. It's the same thing. It's a pendulum. So if yeah. I, if I, it's just, it's, just, it's, it's, it's about the length of the the cable and the time of uh, that it takes. It, you, if you can stand there looking at it and you can't notice it, the change, it takes place over a long period of time. It, it also, Luke, if you think about it, um, if the, if this was real, it should only work on the North Pole or the South Pole if there yeah, was one. That's true. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but uh, the, we still has an effect from the spinning of the Earth. I think even if you're not at the North Pole, it's just not as pronounced as it would be at the North I was just Pole. Say, I've never seen the mechanism, but if you look up any Foucault pendulum or the original Foucault pendulum, they all say they were kept in motion by a mechanism. Oh, oh so really? I can't tell you what kind of mechanism that is. Yeah, and oddly enough, they were uh, the Foucault pendulum came along before Einstein said there is no uh, device or, or measurement or whatever that can prove that the Earth is spinning. Uh, because it could be caused by the ether as well. That's right. That's, that's why they couldn't call that proof. Okay. Yep, because something else could explain it. Wow. But I, 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 all I can say, all I can say is that I've, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of the things that, that we're talking about are sort of beyond my um, ability to, to explain. But, but I, you know, I, I totally respect what you're doing, um, even though I said it was ridiculous. 
Um, but, you know, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I said that before I'd spoken to you guys. So, you know, I feel like I've got to know you a bit now. And, you know, I wouldn't have said that, you know, if I if I kind of had already Con- Condemnation without investigation is the admission of your indoctrination. Whoa. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's admitting I'm indoctrinated. Cause we I'm, all are. Come on. I, I admit you're indoctrinated and so was I. Yeah, well, indoctrinated—that's yeah. just another word for for you know that we're, that we're trusting we say, people, that we're trusting beings, yeah, that we, we believe it's all, we believe what authority figures tell us, we believe what our kindergarten teacher told us, and all of the other accredited professionals have told us. But um, you know, I like my kindergarten teacher, <laughs> and uh, you know the problem—the problem I've got here is that you know I like you guys too, and so uh, you Luke, know, how's oh. your podcast going? How is it going? It's going well, it's going thanks. Well. So how long have you been doing it? Uh, about eight and a half years. So awesome. So you've been steadily building a following? Yeah, that's the so idea, yeah. The, so if you want to completely blow up your fan base, you should just really dive into the flat earth. <laughs> when and, you say blow up, out, you mean? I mean like like get rid of half of them, piss them off, and get hate mail, you know, and all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. Really um, – let them know that that you found out the earth is flat well i'm not sure i have found out the earth is flat just yet but you know it's a <laughs> work in when, progress like you when said you do, just be ready because you're gonna you're gonna refresh your fan base now by the way the good news is you know uh two and a, two years ago when this started there was like forty thousand uh flat earth videos and now there's 18 or 19 million uh flat earth is the fastest growing um segment uh, it's topic. So there is a, 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 a huge new fan base out there. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, good, good luck with the, uh, with the fan base. And you know, I guess that if it's growing, then that means you're going to get more listeners. Well, and and uh, you know, we're, what, what would happen when you become, when you guys become the dominant ideology, well, then, then what do you do? Then we're just happy because, you know, we believe that, you know, we cannot um, really proceed in life. You can't, you can't be fulfilled in life if you don't know who you are, where you are, or what you are. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's so much to talk about on this topic, and you know, we we talk about lots of other conspiracies too. But the flat Earth is the only topic that affects every single person, every single day, every single place on the plane that we live on. Yeah, I and I personally don't have the answer to the who and the why that you mentioned earlier, but I'd not sure love to know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what one one more thing, last one more thing before the next last one more <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, I was going to say I need to get Do mine. You in. believe Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jared, I'm Jared, so hungry right now. After mine. Oh. Yeah, it's okay. We're we're good. Um do you um think there's a possibility that extraterrestrials are a thing that, you know, in the heliocentric model that there are other intelligent lives out there and that they could be visiting Earth? Certainly. I don't know if they're visiting Earth, but I think it's certainly possible that there could be extraterrestrial life, okay. sure. So, so what about the idea that on this Earth plane that we live in a thermal pocket and that there's other thermal pockets, maybe just a few thousand miles past the shoreline mm-hmm. of Antarctica, and there's, there's other extraterrestrials, extra terra. Terra means Earth, extra right. territory. And, and they're just traveling across the flat plane, and they are just like us. Perhaps they're living they among have dinner? us. Uh, they do. <laughs> I hope it's good. Not if they're on the flat Earth podcast. No. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. All right, Jaren, go ahead. Last thing, last one. Yeah, last thing. Goes. Just uh, Luke, something I heard you say on your podcast was about JFK and you having, yeah, um, you know, either believing the real story or, regardless, you also said talking about conspiracy theorists. And I just, 
I wanted you to look into yeah. the connection between those two things, that the word conspiracy theorist came from a CIA memo of how to deal with people who were questioning the uh, Kennedy assassination. So just FYI on that. Ah, mm-hmm. right. Okay. But, I mean, if you, if, you believe, if you don't believe the official story of the Kennedy assassination, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you're exactly the same as anyone else who's got an, another theory about anything, though, does no, it? No, but the CIA, the CIA put out a document saying that if anybody questions the Kennedy assassination, that you were <clears throat> the word to use to call, to call them is a conspiracy theorist. That okay. it would strike fear in people to not want to be called that. I see. I see. Well, well let's let's come up with another name then. Let's just call it uh, tinfoil hat. Pe- pe- well, no, I'm not even going to. I'm not going to say that either. I'll just say other ideas. Yeah, alternative ideas. And that's another. You know, talk about indoctrination. Uh, there's not even such thing as tinfoil anymore. Yet that is the thing that people call us because they just are repeating what they've heard. What would you prefer, like uh, aluminium? Aluminum, aluminum foil hat aluminum. aluminum. Thank you very much. Aluminium, yeah, or aluminum. aluminum. There's another debate. There's another huge debate for us to have. Man, <laughs> Luke, we can't thank you enough for coming on to the Flat Earth Podcast. Um, if you haven't checked out his podcast, folks, it's uh, tell everybody the name of it. It's called Luke's English Podcast. It's technically for people who are learning English as a foreign language, but anyone can listen to it. Yeah, Luke's English Podcast. And we are going to give a. We are definitely going to give him a shout in the next month or two and, and do a follow-up checkup on you, Luke, to see how you're, you're doing with this stuff. Okay. Uh, guys, thank you very much for being nice to me. I, th- you know, I was, I was wondering, um, what kind of treatment I would get on the podcast, oh, but you've all been, no, you've been great. You've been really nice. And I hope that, uh, you know, I wonder what your listeners are going to think, you know, me being, um, sort of, uh, I guess a skeptic, I wonder what they'll think. I'm actually happy you came on because there are some uh, people, you know, some flat earthers out there that do excellent response videos to podcasts like yours. And some of them come across a little mean sometimes where yeah. they put them off. But now that they've heard you, that you do have an open mind, that you were that that we all have the same story that you have. And your story is going to end like ours, I can tell, where you just didn't check into it and you didn't believe it. But you have an open mind. So keep yeah. looking. And uh, right. you too will be shunned by most of the world, like we are. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll see. I'll certainly keep looking into it. I, I mean, you know, who knows where which side of the uh, story I'm going to end up on? But you know, that's yet to be seen, isn't it? Awesome, Luke. Thank you All so right. much. For- Thanks, guys. Have a good day. <laughs>